to episode 139 of Do You Expect Us to Talk? I'm your host, Becca, and as always, joined by my hoctastic co-hosts, Chris Byrne and Dave Bond. How are you? Good evening, folks. I've just been disappointed introduces us, Des and Troy. Des. That's what I was thinking of. I thought, right, I could go one of two ways. I'd go Des and Troy, and together they destroy. Or yeah. I could just, you know, come up with some Hulk-based pun, <laughs> and I failed spectacularly. Oh, well. would, you, would you rather be in Carl Urban's right or left hand, Chris? <laughs> uh, I got, yeah, right, I think. You know, he's, okay, he's got, got a nice firm grip on that, I think. You're Des, then. Would you rather be the shake weight that he gets hold of later on? Yeah. That'd be Dave. <laughs> yeah. He's watching too much late-night TV. Oh, well. Keeping it low-key, oh, okay. there we are. <laughs> hey, Becca enjoyed that way more than the audience are going to, didn't they? Didn't she? Oh, there it is. Yeah, that's, that's another one of my audacious puns. And I thought, no, I'll, I'll keep that one back. And then... It reminds me of the moment when I was with my then, well, I was married to her at this point, I was seeing someone and I went to see Casino Royale in the cinema and it was quiet and tense, mm-hmm. part of the film. And Bond walks back to the table and he sits down and he says, I'm sorry, that last hand nearly killed me. And the person I was with went, ha! <laughs> like that. Right? Oh, no. Completely quiet scream. It was like... Cringe. I, I, remember going, I remember going to see that, and then literally at the end when he goes, oh, the job's done, the bitch, bitch is dead. And literally some bloke right up in the gods laughed out loud. He was the only person in the cinema to do that. The rest of us were all dead quiet. It was a very sad moment. That's not a and one bloke went, ah! And it's like, oh, fuck off. It's not, not a funny line. I know, he just likes women being called bitches, doesn't he? That was the whole point. People on that just sell the idea of like viewing stuff at home more, don't they? <laughs> just wonder why why people don't bother going to cinema anymore. Just like, I watch it in my house. Unfortunately, the person who went ah! was was at home with me there, so <laughs> that doesn't help. Channeling the mail there, Dave. Yeah. Yeah. No, sorry about that, Chris. So, yeah, I'm a bit of a fan, unfortunately. So I'll do what? a bit of fangirling. Of so. what? What are you a fan of? Hiddlebum. <laughs> Oh, oh, okay. No, that's, anyway, that's fine. Moving on. Moving on. He's a, he's a charmer. Full show. Um, but yes, listeners, if you hadn't guessed already, we are reviewing this week Thor Aragnarok with lots of other names that I can't pronounce. Now wait while Becca pronounces every word perfectly, as happens every week either side of the apologies. <laughs> if you're listening with a fish in your ear. Anyway, this movie stars Chris Hemsworth, Kate Blanchett, Tessa Thompson, Idris Elba, Mark Ruffalo, Jeff Goldblum, 
Carl Urban, Tom Hilderson, and cameos from Clancy Brown and director Taika Waititi, whose name I probably missed up, but never mind. Apologies Not for that Not the one. only cameos in the film. But we'll no. Coming, well, coming soon, but it's only the ones that I could fit on my little... It's great. My little app. I've, ne- I've never spotted Clancy Brown's cameo, though, so you have to tell me. No, he's, he's the voice of Surtur at the very beginning. So the oh, demon that's why I wouldn't have spotted him. <laughs> you can't see him. Voice cameo. <laughs> and the voice is heavily treated anyway, so yeah, I don't feel so bad now. Oh, hang it. on a minute, I missed the scene with the Kurgan. I mean, I mean, yeah, to be fair, <laughs> it doesn't sound like Clancy Brown. Like, no, it, it sounds like he's using one of those voice modifiers. But I was like, who is that? Who is that? And I literally... It, was at at first, like, oh, I thought oh, it might be Sam Neill. It's like that sounds vaguely like Sam Neill. <laughs> and, but, and then when you play within a play, and when it turns out to be Clancy Brown, I think, well, that's just a waste of Clancy Brown. I just rather have like, if we're gonna have Clancy Brown, I'd rather hear Clancy Brown. Do you know no, what I mean? I'd rather he, have. He's played that yeah, character. Before he should have well, seen Thor and gone, "Hello, pretty." <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. He does have an impressive, impressive voice, and he's you know he's a well-renowned voice actor in his own right now as well. But having so. said that, when when Benedict Cumberbatch played Smaug in the the Hobbit films, I didn't recognise that voice as him either. No, that really so, surprised me. I was sometimes like, sometimes when they play creatures, they treat the voice, and you can't figure out who the fuck they were in the first place. Mm. No. So yeah, that's why I was a little bit like with um with Korg. I was like, that can either be the director or Reese Darby. <laughs> I was like, he's not going to be. So. Uh, Korg, yeah, I mean, I, rec- I recognised... I'm pretty good at telling the difference between Australian and New Zealand accents, so I knew yeah, it was someone yeah, from New tell. Zealand, but that's you, about years it. Years of watching Flight of the Concords and various other things. Uh, which I've, I've I've seen several of the songs for it, never watched the whole episode, so... Um, oh, so funny, you got to see I know, he, I know he directed about four of them, and I think he only appeared in one, but I've not seen them. I'll get to them at some point. I'll send you the DVD. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> she'll send she'll sell us... <laughs> send me them on Magnavox or whatever. Like <laughs> send you the taped copies on VHS. <laughs> I'll send you. I'll, I'll send you these. Oh, so carry a pigeon. I'll on send VHS. you the parchments <laughs> I drew of them while it was on to, on, on my on my low res television. <laughs> on my CRT TV. I will also send you oh. some recordings I did on on eight uh, track. I'll, <laughs> I'll send you the <laughs> flip book drawings I made. You can. That would actually be quite funny. The pop-up oh, my book. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Think, what do you think the pop-up would be for It's Business Time? Well, wouldn't you like to know? About the only song I know. Someone I was, I was, someone <laughs> was in the shorts long, long, long time ago sent me like a clip, and, and it was really funny, and I never followed it up. Oh, so, so much fun. Uh, no, you got to check it out. We went to, so, went to go see the live show last summer. So funny. I I don't so uh, consequently I don't really know Taika Waititi at all not really. Uh, what check uh, out shadows? Check out his um, check out his, his back catalogue definitely. It's a boy. Um, uh, I literally go on andyb.com dot com and dot com. Yeah, dot com. And watch all of his films definitely. Don't forget the dot com folks. <laughs> no, this is it. You'll never find it otherwise. <laughs> don't do dot com. Ek, you got to do dot com. No. Yeah, I just check out all of his films just so funny and he's he's one of these kind of like quadruple quadruple threat people like he writes sings dances acts creates is a musician is a writer is a fashion designer he's just he's got it all he's like one of the ultimate creative brains yeah but is he um, that good a fashion designer though really yeah I could, I could draw the old bollocks <laughs> and go look there's a pair of trousers and don't do anything, does it it's certainly bright and colorful and um very eye-catching 
Yeah, I don't mean he's good though. <laughs> That's how I, 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 I catch him. <laughs> An explosion in a Dulux factory, but you know, I That's catch him. That's why I catch him. <laughs> Yeah, he, he designed like a, a suit with like pineapples over it. That looked pretty cool. I mean, you could create this yeah, like. So, so it's great, Becca. You can, I maybe wouldn't wear it, but you can. You can create like this new invisible clothing. Very eye catching. <laughs> Draws the attention somewhat. Draws the eye. Oh dear. No, but he's he's. He wears many hats. He's obviously a very talented individual. Um, and obviously he's he's made the progression from in front of the camera to to behind it. So kind of, you know, um, becoming more successful as, as a writer, director, a producer, generally being amazing. Um, generally. generally. Yeah, I, I, I quite like this person, as you may have guessed. I admire his work. And yeah, yeah urge all of you guys and listeners to check out his back catalogue, please. I think a lot of them are on Netflix or other streaming services right now. as well. Yes, and trousers, and generally wearing clothes. No nudism, please. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I think it was a, his film. What we're doing in the shadows had got him like notoriety more as a director, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's oh, really good. Haven't... Such a good film. I haven't seen that. So um... Um, yeah, it's, it's film boys is quite good as well. It's very sort of very tender. Um, and the other one with Sam Neill, whose name escapes me at the moment, it will come to me. Well, well basically the fat kid from uh, Deadpool that's Two. <laughs> yeah, that's that's also that, a very good. That's... Film. Basically, what he's IMDb says oh, well, the fact is from. Yeah, that's okay. one of the world, yeah world of people. That was it. He seems to a have a film. relatively wide operating window in the sort of things he does, but they're they're all described to some degree as comedy. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's going to be in there somewhere. Like, there's a lot of um, in this, this sort of previous handful of films. There's a lot of returning cast in this as well. Obviously, apart from the little boy, he's in half the world of people, but um. He sort of, sort of features like the same sort of people, the same sort of cast. Or well, Sam Neill is here. Yeah, Sam Neill's here, definitely. Um, I can't think of what she's called. If you know the lady's name, write to us. <laughs> just to talk at gmail.com. Um, By carrier pigeon. Lady. Yeah, she's um, she's the woman who hands the grandmaster the like the melt stick. And I can't think of what her name is. But she, yeah, she she crops up in, in his films as well. So you tend to use the same sort of production crew, maybe in the, mm. in the same sort of in the same sort of cast as well. Rachel House. Okay. That's the one. Yes, he's a legend. Oh, God almighty, that word. <laughs> Becca thinks everyone's a fucking legend. Now, none of us knew her name, had to look her up. Chris has just told me what it was. I only vaguely remember reading that earlier, and Becca comes in with legend. So, she's yeah, quite funny. And, and but when things are, what you have to remember, when she says legend, she's easy. she means as in myth. Oh, like, well, she doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's like it's not really known. There's a bit of a question mark over really like. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I'm just looking to see if anyone did hand him the staff. <laughs> Perhaps it was a myth. It didn't happen. I'm looking it up now on imdb.com <laughs> forward slash Thor Ragnarok. It's an it's an urban myth. Yeah, Rachel House. I've heard, I have heard that name before, but again, not really sure what from. Vaguely recognise her, but again, there's a Sherwood TV series. What's oh right. That, she's in that. Oh, it looks like it's animated. This oh. year, this year. All right. Okay. Uh, I mean, I don't, I, I don't, I don't know if it'll be as great as last year's film. Uh, <laughs> uh, I literally haven't seen her in anything, and yet she's been busy for about twenty years. Seen like a Robin Sherwood. Fucking hell, that sounds good, good doesn't yeah. it? Robin Hood. Jamie Chung in it. 
reimagined as a teen hacker. Oh, Joseph Fiennes is in it. What the fuck? To to battle the mad sheriff of Sheriff Nottingham through the flooded. See, if you can spot the cognitive dissonance of this sentence. <laughs> <clears throat> Teen hacker Robin of Sherwood joins forces with a group of renegades to battle the mad sheriff of Nottingham through the flooded storm-lashed streets of 23rd century London. <laughs> right? Why, why would map. you be fighting the sheriff of Nottingham in London? In London. <laughs> People, look at the map. See, so you, you're already setting yourself up for failure here. I mean, if you're going to do like a reimagination of Robin Hood, then you don't have to announce that it's Robin Hood. Like like like, yeah. like, 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 Sons of Anarchy was like Hamlet, but with a bit of Macbeth thrown in. You know, it's, it's, um, what, 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 what else was it? The house was Sherlock. Yes. You know, yeah. it, it can just be yeah. like, oh, it's like an updated version of this, but we're not like tied to actual characters' names. It doesn't have to be called Robin. It doesn't have to. It's <laughs> more the fact that it's the Sheringham from Nottingham <laughs> in London. In London. Okay. Don't you think anyone might have a word with the, you know, whoever is geography out the window. Is acting in that role in London might pull him over and have a word and say, "Excuse me, what the fuck are you doing here?" <laughs> this is our problem. Slag. Slag. <laughs> I'm trying to see who the um, who the production long. company was, but I can't quite find out who it is. It looks like it was it was made Joseph by committee. Fiennes as the sheriff of of as sheriff Nottingham. Yeah, but th- this uh, this I gotta see. Joseph, his career's gone well, hasn't it, since Shakespeare in Love? <laughs> Jamie Chung's in it. I know Jamie Chung. Jamie Chung. Can't remember what for. There's fines, pretty much. They're the two people that I recognise. I've obviously in Rachel House. Uh. Brilliant. Wow, clearly a legend. Fully, fully talking <laughs> about status. It'll be coming to a DVD in Poundland near you. Although Becca will have the, par- <laughs> will have the uh, summary parchments. Oh, look, there is, there's another version. In post-apocalyptic America, a young woman takes on the corrupted factions of her home by following the legendary outlaws' footsteps to bring justice. Are you looking up another version of Robbie? Yeah, with nobody in it. I'm, I'm beginning to feel your um, your grip on tonight's episode has become somewhat loosened. I haven't even finished the credit. No, can we have the rest of... Who else is in Thor Ragnarok? Uh, that was it. That's as far as I got with the score. Hang on a minute. That's bollocks then, isn't it? I said, <laughs> you said I haven't finished the credits. I basically said finish them then, and you went, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> like, I got as far... Okay, uh, so I've... <laughs> done, you've done the cast. Not I've done the cast. I haven't done the rest of them. Becca's done the cast. <laughs> I've, done, I've done them all, you know. That Chris Hemsworth... Uh, uh, I can't comment. No, um... Yeah, original music by Mark Monster, oh, who I will know from Rugrats and various other great what? classic TV shows of the of the nineties. Um, yeah, the script was written by Eric Pierce and Craig Carr, Christopher Yost, and directed by Taika Waititi, and released in twenty seventeen. Which I've got a fun fact about later on in the show. What about twenty seventeen? Yeah, so it's a very special year. Is it for the MCU? Yes. Yeah, because they were celebrating nine years. No, no, because of the celebrating. This film is... They're only right. the first to do with this film. It was the first Thor film that was halfway fucking competent. Yep. Cool. <laughs> That's fun, folks. <laughs> That's fun. But no, I've got many fun facts. Um, there's one really, really interesting fact, which I think is really cool. But I'll you know, let you know at the end of the film. The not, not, not that I'm defensive, she says, but I like it. 
<laughs> I think it's really cool from a technical like point it, of view. Right? I just like it. It's good. And I'll tell you, and you'll all like it too. Well, there's ah. somebody, somebody might write in and go, actually, no, that's a little... What are you on about? So, Anyway, what do we think of the film? Dave? Oh, uh, Chris, you go first. Um... <laughs> I enjoyed it. No, I, 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 it's it's really good fun time. Good time. This film. Uh, it's really hard not to enjoy it. Uh, and it's by fucker. By fuck, I tried. <laughs> I really did try. No, no. Honestly, it's very easy to watch. Uh, it's very amusing. Chris Hemsworth has got. I just got a natural gift for, you know, for comedy, and he's, he's good in the action. Um, so he's. It's a really good fun time. The, the only real, it's, it's a little bit, a bit conflict, conflicted with this, be, be, just because the nature of the story itself uh, kind of contradicts the lightheartedness of tone. Like you know, I've literally seen a film where like Asgard is basically destroyed, and like kind of like what and what and and conflicting stuff with his father and history, and and finding himself and. It's all kind of done with this kind of like simply breezy um, score, and it, everything's kind of like funny. And and while that's all really done really really well, and you're having a good time, you kind of let you kind of that feeling like everything is kind of a bit underserved to a degree. And that's kind of and that's kind of where I am with the film. I, you know, I I I think there's there's an opportunity to deliver something with a lot more weight, but that said, the film we had was a really enjoyable um, film to watch, uh, and with a lot of funny moments, a lot of good interactions with the characters. So I can't really be like, "Oh, it's shit," and I. I but at the same time, I kind of feel like it's a bit of a, a miss of an opportunity. But there you are. That's me on that film. I've thought. Um, I, I came out from seeing it having had a really great time. Um, it seems like every other Marvel film gets anointed as the best unless there's like, unless it's an Ant-Man film where no one expects that, or it's a film where certain portions of quote unquote fandom see an agenda and immediately start trying to talk it down. We've got one of those next week. We've got one of those in a few weeks time, but by and large, every other, every other Marvel film since about 2014 has been anointed the best Marvel film for about three or four months. till the next shiny comes along and it gets a little bit forgotten about Thor Ragnarok was one of those. There was an awful lot of sort of social media chat about, I think that might be the best one they've done. And I couldn't see it. Um, on the plus side, it's the strongest of the Thor films by a distance. Now, both of the people I'm recording with here have a disproportionate liking for the first Thor film compared to me. I'm going to write, I'll quite happily tell you the bottom, the first Thor film's going to rank somewhere in the bottom six or seven. I don't know exactly where, but it, it's weak Marvel. It's weaker Marvel anyway. Very phase one, very basic. And I've always had a problem with the essential cheapness of the film. It just, you know, you might as well have filmed it in a fucking caravan. Um, I've never really liked it that much, despite his dyed eyebrows, which, you know, it's like it's like a Norse version of Nigel Mansell. <laughs> right, all it's missing is the fucking if carpet. If you're born before the, 1990s, yeah, carpet, on the, carpet on the top lips, the only thing that's missing. Right, but enough free kicks at the first two Thor films. I didn't love them particularly, but I've loved him in everything else. I've loved him in, and I've loved him, and I've loved him in all the sort Raft of, like um, you know, pup, 
bit part roles he plays in all the other films. I just think he's effortlessly charming. I mean, we'll talk about Infinity War in a couple of weeks' time, and there's a scene in that film where you've got Steve Rogers on the sort of field of Wakanda, and it's like suddenly having an A-lister on the screen. And then there's a reverse to Chris Hemsworth, who just blows him away in a charisma. Just the charisma of the man is incredible. And I just I just watch him, and I, I he can just do everything. He can do everything from heavy to extremely light. You know, if, if they ever did have the balls, and I know most people will laugh at me for, for even suggesting it as an idea, but I've always had this idea of him as a James Bond, and I just think, like, he's a James Bond that could do everything from, like, Daniel Craig to Roger Moore in tone. It's just they just can seemingly do most things. This is... Um, this is just effortlessly fun. I did have a really, really good time with it. I laughed many times. I enjoyed it greatly. It wasn't the film I was expecting because the, the, the epithets describing it were, I think Chris Hemsworth himself said that it was going to be a bit of a road movie for him and Hulk. Well, not really. That's that's not what it is at all. Um, where's the I, road? Where's the road? <laughs> yeah. but, you know, Even if you mean spiritually, not really. Structurally, it's a really bizarre film because it sets up the whole Ragnarok film thing and then does not return to it until relatively late in the film's running time. The whole thing in between that is kind of their attempt to get Planet Hulk on the screen. If you ever go and look up Planet Hulk as a storyline, it's you know a very dangerous Hulk exiled from Earth, which is spiritually sort of what happened in Age of Ultron. Um, it's It's got that planet, Sakar. Sakar. It's got Korg on it, and what Meek is the other one called? They're both Meek, in it. Yep. Although it's not the Grandmaster in that, that storyline, it's something else. I have a feeling I've read it or seen the cartoon or something. If I have, it's a very long time ago, but I was recognising bits of it, which tells me I've at least read a description. The film is like... I, I was trying to put my finger on what's wrong with it, quote-unquote. Well, nothing, but it feels like a course correction. It feels like they weren't that happy with either of the first two films to a degree. I think they're proud of everything they've done to some level. And even even when you slaughter something like The Dark World, it's not all bad. I mean, it, it just isn't. I mean, I saw someone tweet the other day about, you know, uh, it's worse. Somebody was replying to criticism of the X-Men films and they said, God, they've done nothing as bad as, say, Thor The Dark World. And I just, I don't agree. I think... Films like Apocalypse and X-Men Origins Wolverine are just far worse than anything Marvel Studios have done. So even if they're worse, they're, they're pretty poor. But I think uh, they're not that poor, sorry. But the thoughts, this felt like a course correction. It doesn't feel like either of the other two Thor films. The the the, the, the music is so much more bubblegum, so much more sort of 80s electronica. Bubblegum's the wrong term. It's that conjures up like ninety-nine red balloons or something. I was gonna say, yeah, it's probably not bubblegum. It's not bubblegum, but it's it is throwaway. And Led Zeppelin as well, randomly they're licensing their music out for this trailer in the film. Yeah, they asked if they really could, happens. We'll talk about that in a minute because they they did ask for changes. Uh, mm, of I'll course. come to I'll come to that in a minute because uh, I love Led Zeppelin and actually my favourite Led Zeppelin album, unlike most people, is Led Zeppelin Three. And Immigrant Song is the opening track of Led Zeppelin Three, mm. so I really really like it. Um, the only problem is, I, I think I found out today, Now TV is on PAL, on the PAL format. Ooh. Because you notice it in sound, and the song was just playing slightly too high and too fast. Um, just very slightly, but I'm very sensitive to it, as is as people like Charlie. When you know, when, when you, a song you know really well plays at the wrong, slightly the wrong speed. When you're tuned into the music. It's only like 4% difference, but you do notice. But I think my biggest problem with it was, is it just felt like, and it isn't a problem because I enjoyed it. But it felt like them trying to say, well, what do we do with Thor now? 
And if you look at the sort of development time to get you to late 2017, this is this is doubling down on Guardians of the Galaxy. You know what I mean? Guardians of the Galaxy was just over three years before this was released. And when you think about writing and, and development time and everything else, tonally it's very like that. Mm. But even more so because it is the film equivalent of a variety show. Because every scene feels like somebody doing a bit. Every scene feels like a skit. Even when it's pushing the story forward, every scene's got a joke in it. And every scene almost builds to a little joke. And a lot of those jokes are even framed in certain ways. Like she says something portentous to Asgardians. And the guy comes forward and says something back to her. And it cuts to a, a distant shot of her, very wide, very wide distant shot of her, where she's like kind of saying, well, did you not hear what I just said? <laughs> and we get that several times. It just builds to a joke. Everything feels like a skit in this film, which means I enjoyed it, but it carries no weight. And when you combine that with the fact that the vast majority of the film seems like an excuse to be able to show Planet Hulk, almost like they're not that confident in a th solo Thor film after the first two. Uh, more the second one, to be fair, because the first one was phase one. There's only so much you're going to get out of phase one film. And so they've sort of thought, well, Thor doesn't do that well, and Hulk films don't do that well, so let's have like both films in one. So the whole Ragnarok thing is it's actually a relatively small part of the film. And what we've had in between is very, very entertaining filler. And that's what this film is. It's very, very entertaining filler. I haven't watched it very often. I like it a lot. I had a wonderful time with it today. There's so much I'm going to say positive all the way through. But again, back to that old idea, less or more than the sum of its parts, far less, because the individual parts are great. The overall film is extremely throwaway. Yeah, this is kind of like, almost just like, oh, you know, we need to get four to get to the where we need him for uh, Infinity War. So, Absolutely. so it just felt like okay, we've we've got four, we've got our idea for so sorry for Hulk event, sorry. Uh, so we need four to get that. So let's just kind of slap bang, make a make a make it a nice entertaining package. Mm. And but every scene is great, and it's layered with lots of yeah. jokes. It looks good. It's entertaining. He's really charming. Everyone around some, him. Some of the visuals is really kind of cool. I, you know, in the individual parts, I love this film. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like of all the films I've covered in the entire series, this is the one I feel like I'm going to be cruelest to because what I've just said doesn't reflect my experience. It, it's very... this I've covered films like this in the past where I feel like I've criticised all the way through and, and but my end takeaway is what a load of fun that was. Mm. And that's how I am with this. Yeah. I, yeah, I just wished it had... I think... In context, we, we consider like the um, uh, what what they're called, you know, his mates. He would just basically just like you just get killed. You think, well, what was the what was the point? Yeah, the warriors free. What was the point in even having them in, in the entire series anyway? You're of course correcting on this on screen. You're yeah, saying, let's get rid of those because no one really liked them that much. Well, whether people did or didn't is almost irrelevant. I feel like that's Marvel deciding we didn't like them. Yeah. So let's kill them off. One of one of whom is Shazam. Well, well, quite frankly, did you know? Did anyone even get the chance to like him? Like, I didn't care either way. I found it. I found it the most forced part of the first film, Chris. Yeah, yeah. Because the first film was made by Kenneth Branagh, and when Thor was talking to the Warriors Three in quieter moments, it felt like Branagh 
channeling all these sort of Shakespearean tendencies, and it, and it felt very false and out of place in that type of film. And I think this film is is um, reflects that Marvel just wanted to drop all that and just double down on on Hemsworth's physical abilities as an actor, mm. but also his inherent charm and, and uh, ability with comedy. You know, they they get more right than wrong, but it is a it is a staggering gear change mm. from the first two. And it felt my gut, my overwhelming feeling when I walked out of the film was that I loved this. I really had a great time with it. You're gonna forget a, it, like a, a a. It's not gonna go near the top, and b. It sets a worrying precedent because if all their films are just gonna be a, a loosely connected series of skits that doubles down on the tone of Guardians of the Galaxy, this universe is gonna is just gonna produce an awful lot of weak product. That was my worry. Um, since then they've gone back to being marvel as we know them but yeah this was the one attempt outside of a guardians sequel to make another guardians film i felt yeah i would agree that it does pretty much have that kind of guardians atmosphere doesn't it i think a lot of the neon a lot of the, the neon sort of coloring the color scheme of this film is very guardians as well um you kind of got like a mismatched almost kind of bunch of people sort of thrown ragtag thrown together um until you find out that two of them are the same um but yeah, together with all the, the synth and, and the music as well, and also in terms of like the comedic tone, I think this probably Ant Man, and obviously the Guardians movies are some of the funniest in, in the series, as I've, as I've kind of said. Um, I would agree largely with with you two as well. I had going into this film, I knew very little about it. I, from my readings up of, of like Norse mythology, for example, I knew a little bit about um, Ragnarok and what it was and what it stood for. Um, but the character of, of Hela is, is extremely interesting. Kate Blanchett is fantastic. She eats all the scenery. <laughs> For me, she's one of the best things in this film. She's she just like the she looks really youthful villain, in this. She, she looks really she good. She does. She looks good. Yeah, she does. I mean, she she looks amazing. Whatever she does, I'm sure well, she doesn't I mean, age. Sci- scientifically, when she first appears on screen, I get roughly seventeen percent kinkier because <laughs> uh, she first appeared when I just thought I- I'm not normally into that fucking gothic look but hello um, well, considering she did you know most of a role in a, like a mocap suit as well obviously because she <clears throat> changes her, her appearance well, quite often we, we did uh, obviously we, we covered Kate Blanchett in a similar ish role um, in, in the fourth Indiana Jones film a f- mm. few years ago now when we covered it and I think you were kind of similar then Becca you were like she was one of the best things in it and I I made gentle fun of you because I thought she was terrible in that film with all her Dr. Jones. Dr. Jones, yeah, but she, she, hands, she hands it up. Um, she hands it up here and she has yeah, a great time. You, in the you, you, I think inherently you see hamming as a good thing. Uh, inherently, I think hamming is nearly... It's really almost, bad. It's always ruinous to a film. Here, no, she's brilliant. I love it. I think she's great here. Yeah, she has a really oh. good time, definitely. Um, I, yeah, I kind of take a bit issue of... I, I, I can see how you know that there is a continuous thread running through, but I my my sort of problem with this film is that it's too busy, it's too much going. On. Too busy. Um, yes and no, not that much happens. No, this is it. There's, there's a lot, as you as you say, it's kind of a connected series of of sketches almost that maybe quite not doesn't really want to gel together. Um, but at the same time, literally they they try to cram. Obviously, you've got Ragnarok, you've got Hulk storyline running through as well. Um, and you've got the you know Valkyrie and all this kind of like mythology coming out as well. There's just such a lot packed into this film. And um, yeah, sort of I went in sort of blind, you know, as I say, not knowing knowing very little about it. Um, I think it was directed by Taika Waititi. Or, um, oh, oh great, this is going to be kind of. I initially, you know, I really had trouble. Cause I thought it was going to be specifically about Ragnarok, which is kind of about the you know, end times, um, basically ap- apocalyptic. And I thought, well, 
looking at the very 80s um, vibrant poster, I was like, how the two don't mash? What's going on? I was a little bit confused because I didn't know very much about the film going in. Um, I mean, I kind of got the sense that they this is the direction they were going to go with the third one anyway. But yeah. they, they've kind of caught out to like, because of like they had an idea of uh, what can we do with Hulk and and I think as times develop, they've, they've kind of course-wrecked a little bit. So I think while mm. the se- well, what happens in, in this film is kind of what they planned, it, they've kind of just like hurried it along on any sort of grand epicness that we that could have got we could have got from this like i um you know and any, any emotional weight we could have got from it is just kind of just gone by the wayside because they just went oh well let's go for fun the, you know which for the film for the sake of film it works but i just you know i i just can't help but think that there was just you know we're meant to be seeing like the you know, the end of asgard and what how what and what impact what meaning that has um uh, and again nothing like 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 the Asgardian people i mean we get no emotional attached to who like sort of who they are they just it's just they're just like a plot device and it, even so much in like when we get to um uh the whole it, film's it, a plot device though yeah so as so, soon as we get to the infinity war like it's just you know it yeah doesn't matter you know they all that matters there is only one beat in this film that matters and we'll get to it there is one beat in this entire well two beats i suppose because hulk thor and loki are all in the same place at the start of that film so that's relevant but there's one beat well it's not a spoiler anyone listening to this has either seen it or doesn't care um literally the bit where loki takes a little look at the tesseract that healer has decried as a a fake, you know, a room full of fake stuff. Uh, we obviously, we now realise that is where he picks it up because he's carrying it shielded at the start of um, Infinity War. But that doesn't matter. Loki could have picked that up any time, anywhere. So, uh, particularly given he was running the fucking, you know, running Asgard at the start of this film, he would have had access to that at any time, and he'd have been able to hide it at any time. So the film's really throwaway, but it's mainly the fact that. Each scene is enjoyable, but they all function on the structure of like a bit, and just to, a little, a and, little skit, and to a think, little bit. Just think, if Loki hadn't picked it up, then Thanos wouldn't have won. Well, yeah. I suppose it would have been floating around in space, wouldn't it? I imagine. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. But um, yeah. Or would it just it, be destroyed with the rest of Asgard? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's it's one of the more entertaining and sort of easier watches in the series. I mean, it's just, it's it's very easy to watch. It's very enjoyable. Um, it moves along at a decent pace because it it doesn't. It doesn't. There's a mass of contradictions in this film. It it whittles along. It does move at a, a good pace. But when you actually look at what happens on Sakaar, it's quite thin. It's not. It, you know, mm. if you actually boil down to what happens there, he goes there to pick up Banner and Valkyrie. Really. That's about it, because the the actual main thrust of the plot is this Ragnarok thing is coming. He's banished from that area and has to get back there. That's all it is. And when he gets back there, he has like Banner, Valkyrie, and like Korg and others with with him. That's it. So if you were literally just trying to tell the Ragnarok part of the story, you'd cut out half of this. You wouldn't need it. But it doesn't feel like padding per se. It's just a, it's, it's it's a distinct B story they're trying to tell almost, and it, it it's it's paced really very well. I would agree. 
even though it's a very busy film, a lot goes on. I kind of felt, I don't know, the, the pacing is generally quite good. Maybe I could chop 20 minutes, but apart from that, it's fine. I, as I yes. went to this film, I don't know how you would, without fundamentally altering those bits of the story that I say aren't necessarily vital, but if you want to tell them, if you want to tell the Planet Hulk storyline or their version of it here, I, I'm not sure what you would cut, to be fair. No, I, I think same... I'd probably cut some long sweeping scenes, probably. It's just, just to do with the camera work, really. But again, I've got a yeah. fun fact about that coming up. But yeah, I was going to say, I was sort of going into this film where I was pretty much kind of knowing the bare minimum and came out, oh, pleasantly surprised. It's it's my favourite of the Thor films, though. Um, that's not necessarily saying a lot because I didn't really like the first two very much. Uh, but I think I think it's going to sit in the top half. I think it's very difficult to rank these things against each other because it's yes, it feels like Marvel. There's a certain continuity of tone, but it's not that similar to Spider-Man: Homecoming, is it? You know what I mean? Yeah, we've got to rank them against each other, and then we got Black Panther next week, which has some similarities in palette, but again, is very different. Basically, a Bond so, film. No, it's not. It's got one <laughs> Bond sequence in it, really. It's got one Bond sequence and one Bond sidekick. It's not a, it's Bond, not a film. Bond film. I know. It's, I'm the closest, it's the closest thing Marvel will do to one. In fact, I was very disappointed the first time I saw Black Panther because I thought it was going to be a Marvel Bond film. And it drops that after about the first half hour or whatever it is. Um, but yeah, so whilst they're difficult to measure against each other, this is going to finish in a similar area of the rankings to like last week and the week before. It's not going to be that far away from like Guardians 2 and Spider-Man. It's got a bit more charm and verve, I think, in some respects than Spider-Man Homecoming, which is a little bit safety first. Um, it doesn't have some of some of the weight, and I mean this, people think weight, really, when you're talking about a Guardians film, but there was some weightiness in some of the plot threads in that that probably isn't here. But enjoyably, you know, it's it's about as enjoyable as those two. So it's going to rank around there somewhere for me, I think. Um, but yeah, again, I don't know what people were looking at in 2017 when they come out and said best Marvel film. It's like, nope, nope, it's not. But it's very entertaining. Well, I think so. No one's saying that now, though. That's the thing. No, uh, yeah, but it felt, it, funnily yeah. enough, it was the one time that it felt like something that would, you know, fade away very quickly. Yeah. Well, because you pretty much forget about it. So, like, as soon as you get home from the cinema, you're yeah. like, "Oh, I enjoyed that," and then you just sort of go. You, yeah, you remember you found Korg funny, and then you go, "Oh, brilliant! What did he say?" It's like I don't know, I can't remember. I'm it's sure yeah, it, the way in which he says it. I think, it, there, was he? A, I think there was a wanking joke at one point. Can't remember <laughs> part of that. I think with, with the character like Korg as well, it's kind of it's all about his persona because you know he's he's made of stone, and it's meant to be it's, it's meant to be kind of his parody of like great big. Um, like bounces basically, and so it's kind of it's even really though he's, yeah, yeah, even though he's made of stone, he's actually very calm. He's very cool. He's very hi. I'm nice, you know. I, I tried to try to do this, but I didn't have enough pamphlets, you know. Tried to do it in a very understated way. And yeah, despite looking scary, he's actually much of it's in the, much of it's in the performances because that would have probably annoyed me if I'd read a script. If I'd read a script with that pamphlet line yeah. in it, I'd go, fuck me, are they trying to force jokes in here? Yeah, what the hell? But because it's uh, like YTG. But it, it, was played, it was played so well. I thought, that's really charming and funny. The, the, to be honest, the, th the only line that of his that I actually laughed at was the bit where he, uh, where Loki like disappears. He just runs up and goes, piss off, ghosts. Oh, he's gone. <laughs> that was quite funny, yeah. Oh, I found oh, that funny. oh, he's gone. Yeah, that's, that's, only, that's the only bit where I thought I actually kind of sniggered out. I thought, that's quite funny. I, I smiled at that. I smiled at the hammer pulled you off. That was funny. Yeah, that was hilarious. He's trying to explain how the hammers works, and he's going, the hammer pulled you off? <laughs> <laughs> that was quite funny. Uh, I mean, yeah, I didn't. I actually didn't laugh out loud at all, if I recall on first viewing, in that people went, oh, he was funny, wasn't he? It was like, yeah, I smiled every time. 
but I didn't actually laugh at any of it. Similarly with the Thor conversation with um, Hulk, you know, Hulk like fire, Thor, Thor like yeah. water. I didn't actually <laughs> laugh at any of that. The only bit I think I laughed at in the interaction between the two is when it was Banner. And he was like, is he though? Is he? That was, is he, that is he? Uh, lovely touches. It's got a bit of an 80s feel to it. I don't know where and why that is. But they've he's, gone with he's, this. He's drawing a lot of um, a lot of um, influence in those kind of, the films and action kind of adventure movies of that era, I think as well. And also okay. you've got um, Jeff Jeff Goldblum as well, who's kind of known for those kind of films. Mm-hmm. And the sort of well, they, they did painted blue because of Earth Girls are easy. Because the well, exactly, he nearly ended up blue, but blue, I think um, blue, orange, but it's silver. Even, are like it's even when um, it's even when he puts on Stark's clothes. The t-shirt, yeah, you, the Duran Duran album. Duran Duran t-shirt, definitely. Yeah, that, got, that's the, the Duran Duran album, Rio, on the cover of it. Yeah. You've got pretty much an 80s vibe going on there. I think that's just where it's all gone from. He's influenced by movies of, of that era. Um, so you've got, you know, callbacks to the fashion, and even though it's set in the future, um, callbacks to the kind of fashion and music um, of that kind of era. And plus it was the kind of era that where he was, um, where Stark was growing up anyway. Um, it looks uber stylish. I did enjoy it very much. Mm. Okay, so with that, shall we discuss this film sequentially, folks? Yeah, let's go for it. So uh, we start with four in a cage, tied up, and he's yeah. like, "I bet, I bet, I bet you, yeah, I bet you would how I got here." Uh, yeah, get... <laughs> the timing of everything in this scene's amazing, isn't it? Because we just join him; he just finishes his story as the guy's uh, jaw falls off, mm-hmm. and just as he says, "How long are we going to be in here?" He falls out. Like perfect timing. Yeah. It's quite an interesting way to start it, though. Yeah. So, yeah. It, again, very Bond pre-title. Although, actually, it's got quite a lot of resonance through the story, as it turns out. But this feels like a Bond pre-title. Little adventure before we start. Yeah. Um, so, he's, like, tied dangling. Then we meet... Um, is it Sulfur? Or... Surtur? Surtur? Something like Surtur. that. It's, it's kind of like a take on Sulfur, isn't it? That kind of fire kind of... Yeah. Uh, now, he's it's meant a, to... It's a, it's a fire demon of some yeah. kind. He's meant to bring on Ragnarok, which is like the destruction of Asgard. Again, everything feels like a bit. I smiled at this. I did. I'm not. Every, when, when we keep saying this, it's just to back up, back it up as an observation as we go through. It's yeah. not always a criticism. Marvel have a light tone anyway. But even here, he keeps swinging around out of view of the guy, or like his face is facing the other way. So it's hang on a minute, and then he has to come round again with that squeaky noise on the chain. It's like, I, pro- pro- I promise you, it's not me. I'm, I'm not even doing this. It's just <laughs> I'm not even moving. It's just a, oh, it's yeah. funny, but everything feels like a bit. Everything has a couple of central jokes. Doesn't this kind of like inform uh, Hensworth as your choice as Bond? Because he's basically playing the character who's like laughing in the face of danger. Yeah, this is this is this is exactly this is why I said. But I can see why people wouldn't want him because they'd be he's Australian, he's he's blonde like Craig, so I might like a bit too much like him. Two touch to I, four. I, like, you you know. could you can name dozens of reasons why it's a bad idea. I just look at him and I instantly see it. And I think you either see it or you don't. Doesn't mean I'm right, by the way, but it just means that like at least allow I'm seeing something you might not have considered. Yeah, and um, I can totally see what when I look at someone like Henry Cavill. I can't see... I think he'd be all right, but I can't see what his take on Bond would be. I think he would be very like Brosnan in that I think he'd have no take of his own. I think he'd play a very smartly dressed, fairly charming, blandish Bond. I think he'd be all right. He'd deliver the lines okay. He'd do the action okay. He'd be all right. But at the end of it, you'd go, 
I don't even know what his take was, a bit like we are with Brosnan mm. now. Hemsworth, I look at him and I go, I can see exactly what your take on James Bond would be. Which would be would would be kind of that mixture of Roger Moore and Craig. That yeah, it would, it would be it would be it, you you can't you can either see that in your head or you can't because those two sound incompatible, but they're not. Yeah. They're not because you you know you you, you talk you t- you carry yourself you carry yourself with the assurance of one, but you carry yourself with the threat and movement of the other. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I can see whenever we get the next incarnation of Bond, it will be kind of like Brosnan, but with a bit of brutality of like... Uh, yeah, you Craig. can't go back to it being a wine waiter now. Yeah. But it, it will be it, it will be like that, that charming Brosnan type, yeah, type like, light heartedness, but with Yeah, like... the pendulum swings, and to be fair, it's time for it to swing back. That's fair enough. But um, yeah, but yeah, there is a quip around everything here, isn't there? Yeah. And um, it's all right. I, I wasn't really paying that much attention on first viewing because I just thought it was a, a little bit. It'll lead to a bit of action in a minute and that's it. But it actually turns out that crown on his head is is part of it. Yeah. It needs to touch the eternal flame in Asgard. And so so well, all I need to Ragnarok. do is to stop Ragnarok is to rip that thing off your head. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. like... <laughs> and then put it in the same building as the flame that sets it off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's okay, but yeah, it's basically a. He it, it gets himself out from the, with his hammer, and it's basically a long action sequence now, isn't it? Yeah. Set to immigrant song by Led Zeppelin. Yeah, and it's it's basically like a power to the first four ways, basically fighting the ice giants and set these fire yes. fire demons. Oh, the second film was similar as well. This is just how the four four films start. Yeah. They start with him out in the field somewhere. It's very Bond. It starts with him out in the field somewhere on some sort of caper. And then he's called he, in. Where he looks in a bit of peril, but kind of isn't really. Mild peril. Yeah. <laughs> Warning, features mild peril. Mild peril. Um, <laughs> mild threat. What do you want to say about this? He, wants threat, get, yes. he, he, needs, he needs the Bifrost to take him home, but the Bifrost isn't ready because when we cut to um, Asgard... Heimdall's not there. Heimdall's yeah. on the run because uh, of. Uh, no, because we have uh, Scourge, isn't it? Who's get? He's chatting up a bunch of ladies. He's got all his stuff. Yeah, he's angling for a three-way. <laughs> um, yeah, he's, he's covered talking, in brains. It's um, this is Carl uh, Urban. Carl Urban. Got another fun fact about him later on in the in the show. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> so I let you know. Yeah. What, what am I supposed to do? Brace myself? <laughs> brace, brace, brace. Uh, <laughs> that was epic bracing. That was epic bracing. Yeah. So, sounded like having a shit to me, but okay. <laughs> oh, that wasn't deliberate. But... He's recording from the bathroom. Yeah, so he, he does get home eventually. Scourge sort of, they, they hear him sort of saying, get me out of here. Uh, he gets home. Scourge is meant to announce him, but he just flies off straight away to the sort of centre of town where, quote-unquote, his father is sat eating grapes and watching a play mm. starring Matt Damon and uh, the brother of Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. I think it's so funny. Matt like when I, I was, I was, Yeah, literally, when I saw this at cinema, somebody, not me, <laughs> went, Matt Damon, <laughs> that kind of Matt Damon voice. 
from Team America World Police, and I was like, oh. The, the, the problem is, I spent too much time thinking like, who's playing four? Because like I was like, I couldn't recognize him. He sort of looks like him. Yeah, just like. Oh. But he, he, he kind of looks familiar. It's his brother. He, and because he's got like the fake beard on, you don't know like you can't get a grip of like. Oh, who, who's no, that? You don't who's that? Instantly, do you? It's he... Nigel Mansell. <laughs> <laughs> but you can, you can tell Steve, it. Why are you obsessed with Nigel Mansell? Lots of reasons. We'll talk about it offline. <laughs> and, uh, generally, he was amazing, but at the same time, he really revs my engine, baby. <laughs> Again, cool. if you were born 1990 and after, you might have to look up who he is. Anyway, this guy with a carpeted face, or parts of it. And he drove a car really fast. Yeah. But yeah, so, no, I, I've got no problem with it. I'm just pointing it out. But yeah, so he's actually wearing like Thor one era kind of like well, overly blonde accoutrements on his face. Yeah, but it turns out I had to look today because I still couldn't place it, and I'd forgotten that I'd looked it up before, if you like. And it's another of the Hemsworth brothers. Yeah, it's it's the the not Liam Hemsworth. I think the there's four one. of them actually. I think there's another one that's heavier as well, like a bigger guy, and it's not him. I think there there might be four of them. And I think in age-wise, Chris is like second or third. But yeah, it was like Luke Hemsworth, I think it is. So yeah, uh, it's this sequence of... it's just I just love the ego of having a play that badly written that is so nakedly praising you. <laughs> you know, I'm sorry I turned you into a toad. It was a good trick. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. He's there dying, and it's just it's just a long conversation about how awesome he is, and how everything he's done that wasn't that great is absolutely fine. I like this; it made me smile. No, it's good. You can tell it's Loki through and through, can't you? It's... And I love when Thor lands, and like obviously it's Anthony Hopkins turns to him and looks at him and does hasn't spotted he's there. Oh shit! And he says, "Father," and it's like, "Oh, oh shit!" <laughs> <laughs> I really got a big, well I got a big um, belly laugh at, yeah. at my screening. I mean, yeah. I mean, it kind of reminded me how good of an actor Andy Hopkins is because he isn't just doing his um, Andy Hopkins. He's actually he's not sleepwalking through this in the <laughs> same way. No, he puts in a good show here. He's actually like playing the part. Oh, he's playing the part of someone who's pretending to be Andy Hopkins. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was actually pretty good. Yeah. So uh, Thor kind of like sees through it straight away because he's like, right, okay, um, something's not right here. So, or, 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 or does he know? Does he know like exactly who it is? He must do. I think so. Yeah, because he starts describing him as um, he, he said about the statue or something, and he says mm. it's less weaselly than the real one and stuff like that. He knows exactly what's going on. Yeah, he's just seen this play happening and stuff like that. The guy's not moving like his father. Mm. He's he's stretched out on a chaise long eating grapes. I mean, it really does look like every cliche you can think of of like spoiled Roman emperors or something. Yeah, yeah, it does remind me very much of that kind of. Is that, that what you got as well? To the de- to the degree that I wondered if he was eating olives to start with, because I just Probably. got all that sort of caught up in it. But I think it was grapes. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so he catch he calls him out by basically throwing his hammer and then calling it back towards him with like low. Yeah, well, low and that forces speed. him to kind of. Okay, I submit. There were lines there or something. Oh no, it's later on when he's in a black suit. Because there were lines that were written that would have suited a different costume design than what happened on the day. Because later on he says, you look like a witch or something like that. And I'm thinking, no, he's wearing quite a smart black suit. Did you think he would be wearing something different when you did, when you were going to give that line? <laughs> um, yeah, and then Scourge basically runs in behind and it's like, you had one job. And that's about <laughs> it, really, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um... 
Yeah, and that's so, why Heimdall's on the run. There's some kind of yeah, I don't know what that is, but I think it's probably because Heimdall will have worked it out. Yeah, but he, but yeah, he worked it out. He would have like sort of cast him as a traitor, and then yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, so he he, he goes like, okay, well, where where so where where is he again? Everything feels like a bit. Where is yeah. he? Cut immediately to like shady trees, old people's home, or what? It's not yeah. shady tree. That's darling. <laughs> shady acres. It's probably shady yeah. tree on his acorns. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Remember that? Remember that? Yeah. Did you see his acorns? Not from there. I was too far back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so the Im- immediate joke. Um, immediately, they've put him into an old people's home on Earth that's now been demolished. And the the next dialogue is was he on the street or in there? Yeah, <laughs> everything feels like a bit. Yeah, yes. and actually, if you look at the way Hemsworth dre- dresses, we are leading to the bit we saw at the end of of Doctor Strange. I think. Um, yeah, so also to know he also like sort of gets a selfie. So he's like, oh, I'm quite popular on Earth. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, then you have like you just like a witch comment, and then uh, then Stick. he kind of then we then we do basically he Loki disappears through a, a tunnel. Through like a the Doctor Strange. Strange is Strange is doing that, and he just leaves the he leaves his address or, or mm. the New York Sanctum to go uh, to Bleecker Street, not Baker Bleak Street. Very Street. close. Bleak. I I don't know if that was in comics or not. It do, it does feel a bit even down to having like a a letter after the number. It's 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 a bit yeah. I don't know if that is a little nod to Baker Street. I think it was meant to be, yeah, that sort of thing, because it, it is, it's like 177A as compared to 221B, for example. Yeah, that's what there, I meant. Yeah, there, yeah, there, there's that similarity. The only reason there, I, I said it was, I didn't say it, was I couldn't think of 221B. I couldn't remember the number. And then um, you've got the Sherlock connection with Benedict Cumberbatch as well. So. Well, yeah, I mean, that was my point, but I don't know if it's in the comic. But Doctor Strange may have always lived at whatever it was, Bleacher Street. But it seems a bit convenient. Okay, but either way... Um, and it's it's totally consistent with Doctor Strange. This film's really consistent when it does things like that. Mm. It, he's there to keep threats away from Earth, and he sees Loki as a threat. So yeah. Loki's been hidden while they basically talk. He talks to Thor, and again, yeah. it, it, it again it feels like a skit. It feels like something you'd see in a comedy show. It's really good though. I find it really funny. But Thor constantly being moved on a few steps and sat down and suddenly finding himself stood up and mm. starting to get motion sickness out of it. It's funny. But it feels like a comedy sketch. It feels yeah. like... I remember seeing a sketch once that was about was deliberately about really bad continuity. It feels like that. Um, and it is some of the stuff we saw from the end of that film in the mid credit sequence where he's like drinking a reef, self-refilling beer. Yeah. He's trying to find Odin. That's all he's there to do. And yeah, so we, you know he's there fumbling around, and he he comes to, comes to agreement. <laughs> and Benedict so... Cumberbatch says, "Forget about it," or something. <laughs> Forget about. It. Uh, yeah, and um, yeah, so, so he's fine. All right. So as soon as you find Odin, you return promptly. Fantastic. All right, and then he tells tells him where he is. Uh, let's um, Loki. Uh, go and you find out like I've been falling for thirty minutes. That was well, really well delivered line. Yeah, it's a really well delivered line. You, Again, you must, you must have been counting the entire time. One, two. You might be wearing a watch. You might have looked at it periodically and thought, <laughs> "Fucking how much longer?" Um, thirty minutes. Yeah, and I, 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 yeah, the scene wasn't quite that long since we lost him. But yeah, obviously, thirty minutes has passed one way or another in real time. Um, 
what I love is when they when they st- he's told he's in Norway. First off, we see this scene, we see this location twice in the film. Mm. The second time, it's got a load of Celtic music playing. They've clearly forgotten the location and thought, well, it looks a bit like Ireland, <laughs> don't it? <laughs> and secondly, Odinson or Thor, Thor the Odinson family uh, trait of standing in a field just looking at stuff. Uh, that's what he's doing. Legs apart. <laughs> yeah, it's very like the first film where Sh- Thor shoulders just, back, legs apart, say ah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, he's just literally standing in a field looking at stuff. And it's quite funny because at the end of the scene before he disappears, he just suddenly says, look at that, and points at something and we never see what he points at. Just seems like a random dementia moment. Like, look at that. What? I don't know. Um, Quite a nice scene, though. Um, And all... It all, it all can be held on Loki. This guy, I don't know if he's dying because he's exiled and needs power from Asgard. I'm not quite sure what it is. I don't know if it's just age or what. But they go to collect him and he effectively says his time is up. Yeah. Just ambiguous. And, it, and then the he, and it, he disappears, Loki gets the blame for it. Like, you put him here, you're responsible. Um, yeah, he kind of like just drops, like, oh, he, he explains about, oh, by the way, uh, you have a sister and she's the goddess of death and she's powerful, locked away. So she's coming. So as soon as I die, she, she's coming. So uh, see you guys. <laughs> it's, just, it's just like. Like, you know, we, we, we think of this logically. Like, you think, you're a bit fucking irresponsible, Odin. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you think you might want to, like, give him a, a few little sort of, oh, by the way, make sure she doesn't reach Asgard. So, when, when, you know, just a few little sort of, you know, important details. But anyway, um, yeah, so he tells them that they're coming, uh, she's coming. He sort of just evaporates. She's his sister, by the way. <clears throat> I won't confirm who her mother is, but I was clearly out and about when I was a bit of a lad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's like, what? Well, it, it gets the impression that it's like, this is like sort of even more ancient history. Like, yeah, this, goes... was a, this was a, at least an Asgardian generation before uh, yeah. Thor. And obviously, Loki came along sort of adopted later anyway. So this is this is a generation before Thor. Thor, Thor and Loki were like his second shot at a family. Yeah. And so, yeah, so she she turns up and basically destroys uh, Minor, his hammer. Yeah, just uh, a minute. that's the one. Yeah, she arrives. She arrives with her, ha- her hair down and that, that goth look. And like I say, I, I got way kinkier in seconds. <laughs> <laughs> you know what Dave's in for? Yeah, it, the, the character design's great here. I mean, less so when the, the weird fucking crown thing's on, but... It was just nice to see her play a role like this that seemed to suit her. Because whatever the name of the character she played in Crystal Skull, I really, really didn't like. I was looking forward to her being in that film. And they messed up everything from the look to the walk to the voice in that film. Um, and here it just it fits her like a glove. She's just right for it. So I, yeah, I like she does, yeah, she does a really good job here, I think. she's It's a bit like Panto Vinan-esque. But she's not in it, it that much, though. It's no, I was say that's, that's probably one. Yeah, one of the sort of takeaways from the film was like, hmm, I wish we had seen more Kate Blanchett, but you no, know, she, you know, she, when she's on screen, hundred percent solid performance, and as I say, she she wins all her scenes. It's like the man with the golden gun. You go, oh, Scaramanga's good in it, and then you watch it back and you go, oh, he's actually he's only in it for ten minutes. He's you know? not in it very much. No, same, but he really makes her, an impression yeah. when when he's there. When he's, you know, really makes an impression. Same with Kate Blanchett as well. She has had it. She has 
utterly terrifying. Imagine how much. Can you uh, believe that she's totally imagine, formidable? Imagine how much impact she'd have made with a third breast. <laughs> <laughs> well, now. Yeah. So, um, she immediately. Uh, it's quite exposition heavy, this film. But they, they do sort of just turn up and tell each other everything they need to know. Yeah, there's a bit of puzzle exposition in this film. Yeah. Yeah, yeah she, uh, she, she basically does like a, you know, a Zod by saying Neil. She likes doing that. She's a bit Zod style, isn't she? No, She's... I'm not called Neil, I'm called Thor. <laughs> <laughs> That's one joke they didn't have in this film. Yeah, they, they would drop that far. Um, <laughs> Thor wants to stay around and find out more, but like Loki's determined to leg it, so they get caught up in the Bifrost immediately. That's that's about it, really. She she yeah. per- she pursues them, and knocks them both out of the Bifrost. Think a little bit like visually, it's a little bit like the Enterprise being knocked out of warp by the Vengeance mm. in the wonderful Star Trek Into Darkness. It's a little bit like that. They're sort of knocked out in random places, and it must have some sort of time effect as well because Loki. They both end up in the same place, but like weeks apart. Yeah. So by Thor, by the time Thor gets where he's going. Loki's been there a while, but we'll come to that because we don't immediately lo- know Loki is there. Obviously, she then arrives through the Bifrost without Thor and without mm. Loki and immediately enslaves the place, kills the Warriors Three the moment we see them, including Shazam. If only he'd remembered to say Shazam, <laughs> he might have been able to like put up more of a fight. And that's it, he just enslaves it immediately. A point Scourge's executioner, or Did, her executioner. Yeah, the only, yes, he sort of, um, yeah, because they're there with um, Scourge, and Scourge, like, after killing two of the Warriors three, he kind of goes, like, oh shit, and just go and drops on his knees, and she goes, you seem like a, a smart person. Her recruitment strategy is somewhat uh, quick and passive and not thought through. Yes, but um. But yeah, but it's it's, 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 it's because she he, he kneels straight away. It's like, oh, you're willing to. Yeah, yeah, you're on board. That's fine. She doesn't have a lot of options, to be fair. Heimdall still isn't there. We find out as we go along. Heimdall, Heimdall has nicks that sword and is just um, mm. the Bifrost sword. So uh, that controls the bridge and everything else. And he's you know sort of trying to gather other Asgardians because uh, the first display of power we see from her, she kills quite a few people. Again, very jokey, very sort of uh, long, wide shots of her going, what do you think I just said? It reminds funny mentioning Shazam. It was like a joke in that film. Yeah. There was a joke in Shazam the other day where um, Mark Frost as the bad guy is like giving some pretentious dialogue while they're fighting, but they're about 100 yards apart or something, and Shazam can't hear him at all. He's like, I don't know what you're saying. All I can see is your mouth moving from here. And it was fra- it was framed very like that. Sudden wide shot, and all that pretentiousness is gone, and there's just one woman, fairly small, stood in the middle going, didn't you hear what I just said? So everything is framed around comedy. Uh, that's it for Asgard. Yeah. So she's in, she's in control. He's already told her. She's already been told by Heimdall. The longer she's in Asgard, the more powerful she will get. Yeah, she's basically like if you're playing a video game that was like that you had uh, infinite weapons and was impervious to damage. So it's that, that's basically how she fights. Where she just sort yeah. of just goes. Oh yeah, it, yeah, like... because she can just create weapons from. Uh, again, I, I've mentioned this about a lot. Of the, every time I think of something where they can just conjure things up, mm. I tend to think of Green Lantern. So there's nothing in look that's very Green Lantern, but again, it just reminds me of that sort of thing where you can suddenly think something and it's there. 
that's very much her skill set. Right, but basically, sort of stabbing weapons, where she just sort of it just flings them out. She's a bit stabby. Yeah, uh, but yeah, there, there we are. So, where to go to next? Or we crash landing in a garbage, very elite battle angel who visually lands um and a garbage heap basically. He land, lands in a rubbish dump. Yeah. Yeah. Instantly gets caught, and then um, by t- a scrapper one something one four something. Well, well, basically, she, he gets captured by a group, and then Tessa Thompson turns up and falls over straight away, drunk. Again, yeah. it feels—I keep saying—I've got to stop saying it in a minute, but it felt like a bit. The door opens, she walks out, says something, immediate pratfall. Yeah, from a wide angle, and all the same sort of thing. So yeah, it's—it's it's very like we've just seen Kate Blanchett's uh, sort of comedy bit. Now we're going to see like Tessa Thompson's comedy bit. Mm. You know what I mean? Um. But yeah, she basically she she's some kind of trader, bounty hunter, slave trader, whatever you want to call it. It's actually Valkyrie. We don't know that at this stage, but yeah, spoiler, she's Becca. Jeez, yeah, she turns out to be a Valkyrie. Yeah, uh, basically a female warrior. We see a beautiful visual later where she was fighting uh, Hella. Hella back back along. And it, it just feels fucking biblical in scale. It just look, it's just a wonderful vision of them. It's right. It's it's right of the Valkyries. Funny it, enough, it's 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 done, yes. it's done the style of a, a painting, isn't it? It's, it's that kind of that kind very of artistic. Definitely. It's really painterly. It's very um, yeah. It looks like a painting. Simple as that. It's really, 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 really lovely to look at. And I'm just uh, this is this is just stepped up in design from what we've had the last few weeks with well the last couple of times with Thor definitely. Doesn't stick to one consistent look because it goes through a lot of different palettes, mm. but that was beautiful. It, um, I, I guess, it's like reflection of that time as well. It's like there were bits the, like, some, of there like were bits in some of the backstory for Wonder Woman that looked a little bit like it. Mm. Some of the backstory where we heard like where where sort of Wonder Woman's people came from of, and all that. of ancient myth kind of thing. Yeah, it's that of ancient myth thing. Although in this case, it's you know live action, although mm. heavily augmented. Um, that's a little bit later on, but yeah, at the moment she just basically takes him to the collector. Yeah, which they basically go Charlie and Chocolate Factory, literally. Yeah, pure imagination. There's a couple of references to um, Charlie and Chocolate Factory as well, which is quite interesting. I didn't, I didn't get the reference. What was the reference? Well, obviously the one where he's like, "Come with me, and you'll see." And then just generally the Grandmaster himself, he's sort of quite a fantastical figure, and when he's in that chair going through that like a luminous tunnel. Yeah, that that is literally. That's that the homage. Yeah, I mean, I read Charlie and the Chocolate Factory years ago, and I haven't. I've never bothered with the Tim Burton film because it looked fucking shit. You seen yeah. the Gene Wilder film though, surely? I've seen the Gene Wilder. Yeah. one. I won't have seen it in twenty five years yeah. now. So it's it's, I, it's I off that one. It's off that one. It's the, the Grandmaster himself is very yeah. really Wonka, very much in that vein, very eccentric sort of. It's a very okay. labyrinth theme kind of style. I, I mean, I, I'm not disagreeing at all. I just never picked that up. I did, I was like, what? Yeah, it, 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 it's because it's because they reference the music as well. Like it, it, yeah. it, it hands so it home very. Yeah, and then it's and then much, it's very on the nose. And then you are about to read the the gram, and all of a sudden it's just like snaps there. <laughs> he's like, and yeah. he's screaming. It's, it cuts him into a normal room, and he's just screaming. Yeah, like, that's again funny. And every time they often when they do those funny bits, you just get like a wider shot at mm. distance. 
So it, it's really got a, quite a consistent language in terms of showing us where the jokes are. Mm. Um, he's got a obedience thing in his neck. Think um, very Captain Marvel, actually. She had a restraining bolt, but it's, mm. it's kind of got a similarity to that. Uh, a reminder, we've already recorded our Captain Marvel episode. Though it, it feels weeks ago, and it's still about four weeks away. Yeah, we recorded it a while ago. We've still got like three episodes to do before you, after this before you get to it. Yeah, he's got that thing in his neck. to ba- He can basically be shocked, electric, get electric shocks that can just keep him in line. So he can't escape. And he's told that he's... Um, I love when uh, the Grandmaster is... Is it, is it male or is it, is it male? Don't know, <laughs> doesn't know what he's looking at. Um, and he's told he's going to have to compete um, against uh, the Grandmaster's supreme champion. I think kind of mm. what the wording is. But he's got a, cha- he's yeah, got a champion. My champion, as he... Effectively gladiator, isn't it? Yeah. This is the gladiator portion of the film. Some of the visuals, I mean, it's got a lot of gladiator in it anyway, because, I mean, there's a crossover in the sort of visuals of sort mm. of North mythology and Romans anyway. But there's also a little bit, the stadium reminded me of the Quidditch World Cup. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of um, mythologies kind of feeding into this as well. And obviously, yeah. that with the, um, like, gladiatorial things, well, obviously, when slave, Roman slaves were trained as gladiators, they would have their hair chopped off. Um, but not. All of them by Stan Lee. Stan Lee's cameo. Um, yeah. Have, have they a not heard of cameo. scissors? Have they not heard of scissors? What's this <laughs> no, fucking thing he's going to cut hair with? That I think does more than cut your hair. If, it would whisk your eggs really nicely. <laughs> it probably would, yeah. It would make you a drink and do other things as well. <laughs> yeah, we get, yeah. It's kind of remind me of that um, that torture device in Star Wars. Is there that just that just that whole like. A combination of like ob- obscure, ob- like metal objects that you actually don't know what they do. Yeah, like... you look at it, you go, I've got no idea what that does, but it looks a bit scary. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we, we cut to a bit of um, uh, Hella, where she's basically sort of like doing more exhibition about what's happened before. You know, she breaks down like the old tap, the new tapestry, and reveals like the new, the older tapestry where <clears throat> where she's prevalent. You know where. There's some Christ Im- imagery and all that around yeah. for as well. I mean, first, firstly, Hemsworth sort of the wig length from the first film, as you know, when we first met him as Thor, was very sort of popular interpretations of Jesus and what his hair length would be like in most sort of artistic representations. Um, also, there were the, the sort of like crown of light around their heads and things mm-hmm. like that in some of the depictions. So it is, it is the breaking down of some kind of biblical thing, mm-hmm. which kind of gives it a bit of a paradise lost feel anyway do you know what i mean she's the devil breaking down what's she called as well she's the goddess of death death yeah hell yeah hell or hell is basically it's basically derivative and her name is ella yeah so yeah bit of a paradise lost feel to it you know just in general terms i'm not talking about specific parts of those works uh yeah and it's kind of unsettling as well because it just feels like odin is being exposed as a bit duplicitous in one way or another. Yeah, but basically it's like what you know of him is a lie. Like, it's like, he, he's kind of, he's had this pass and decided to, like... Re, Start re, again. Yeah. It, he, rebrand. He, yeah, he kind of like, yeah, I mean, that's what she says, but, he, he, but you get the impression that he's like, he's, he's someone who's... It's not who's, necessarily true. Yeah, but, but you, get the, you get the impression that, like, you know, he, he probably did some stuff and decided how to change your heart. 
Do you know what I mean? And that thought, that's right, the impression I got. Yeah. That they, they went a certain way down the line, and he thought, "This is this is dangerous. She's dangerous." Yeah. yeah. Kind of exiled her. Um, and this kind of just buried it. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's 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 get that explanation, and then we get yeah, we go back to um, four. We finds out Loki's there. Yeah, and he's he's been trying to ingratiate himself with the Grandmaster. It visually, this bit reminded me of, you know, the little soiree where they first meet Paul Bettany in Solo. Oh yeah, can't remember what Solo's what Paul Bettany's character's called in that because it's been a few months and I saw it. I saw it twice, but I saw it twice close together, so I've seen it for nearly a year. But they're on that little sort of airship and they're having like a little soiree. Yeah. It reminded me of that. It, it does feel like smoozing with the big cheeses of this society, doesn't it? Yeah. And, you know, given what Loki Loki is, he's, he's probably just charmed his way out of danger, essentially. Yes. Yes. And he always looks the part. He can always look as smart as he needs to. Yeah. We saw it during the Avengers. He'd wear, like, business suits where he needed to. It was all an illusion, but... Um, yeah, so... He's forced out to fight. What makes me smile is Loki's watching it with the Grandmaster. They're sat at opposite ends of quite a long sort of couch mm-hmm. that doesn't look wildly comfortable. Loki looks incredibly uncomfortable when he see who's he sees who's mm. thoughts fighting, and doesn't get much more comfortable until the end, where there's a reprise from what happens to him in the Avengers. So obviously, for those who haven't picked up, he's got to fight the Hulk. The yeah, there in the queen he's there. he's he's basically sort of saying that how do I get out? So he has to fight the the, the champion who is going to be Hulk. We don't know yet. So he's basically he's he's got a match up with the grand champion. He gets put into like this circular cell where we meet uh, Korg and um, the the crab guy with the knives. Yes, that's uh, Meek. Korg is Korg is basically uh, it's like a shrunken down version of the thing. He is a little bit like the thing, isn't he? Um, yeah, he's not anywhere near as bulky and big in as most interpretations, but think the thing, a rock creature. But he's got a really friendly New Zealand voice. And the first story is um, he tried to create... He's there because he tried to start an uprising, but didn't print enough pamphlets, so only, <laughs> only his mum and her boyfriend turned up. Who he hates. Who he hates. It's just like on the page, I'd go. That is so self-consciously trying too hard to be funny. Actually, he pulls it off really it well. Work, so. Works really well. Yeah. All on delivery. All on delivery. Um, so, yeah. So, what, what do we go from there? We, we four has his hair cut. We we find out that Valkyrie isn't actually a, an Asgardian. Yes. Just before she's about to fight, we find out Valkyrie yeah. is is sorry. She is an Asgardian. She's she's a Valkyrie. Yeah. We didn't know that till he sees her tattoo. They obviously wear a tattoo in that body of people, core, whatever you want to call it, sub-race, whatever they are. I don't know much about the Valkyrie, to be fair, in this continuity. Um, she drinks really heavily, um, which is a running joke through the film. A little mm-hmm. bit later on, there's a real running joke with it. You know, um, The most telegraphed joke in the film will come to it. Where she said, oh, you know, you've got as long as it takes me to drink this. And you think, well, that's going to be about three seconds then, isn't it? And it is. <laughs> she downs it in one. Um, but he's forced out to fight after getting yet another electric shock. Uh, he's forced out to fight. He stood there. You don't know what he's going to get. It's a big multi-tiered stadium, as I say, calls up a bit mm. of a Quidditch World Cup in my head. 
uh, because it's the size of stadia we don't get in in the real world. Um, uh, you see a lot of green fireworks. So obviously, he's a bit of a celebrity when he bursts out. It's uh, it's the Hulk all made up in sort of um, uh, sort of armor yeah. and stuff, like uh, and a big hammer and things like that. And it's yeah, he, you know, he, oh, it's it's shot we see on all the trailers. It's uh, as soon as he comes out and he and instantly rather than go oh shit. He just goes, yeah, yeah. yes! <laughs> it's, a, it's a friend from work. Look who it is, Loki. <laughs> yeah, Loki's, Loki's face is a picture. Like, I can't stay here. Yeah, Loki's face is brilliant. He's like, well, I have to leave this planet, he says. I have to get off. Yeah. Um, long sort of scene. He tries to talk to Hulk for a while. I think he's trying to talk to sort of the hidden banner there. Yeah. But of course, there's, there's no banner to be seen. Banner's completely dormant at this point. Um, and it does like launch into a fight, which... Starts off with Hulk with the upper hand. Thor gets the measure of him eventually because he's always seemed to sort of have the measure of the Hulk. Um, and then he, and he even he, tries to do the sun's going down, big guy. <laughs> he, tries, yeah. he tries to do a Black Widow. He really overdoes that later, and it's funny later when, when Banner's absolutely fine and he's still going on about it. Um, I, and then he, it's, it's a cheat. He doesn't want to lose his champion, the Grandmaster, so he shocks Thor and he's basically knocked out by yeah he's knocked out by the hulk that's it hulk has one albeit on with a little bit of sort of skullduggery uh, and that's it i can't remember where, where thor wakes up he wakes up after having sort of a been battered yeah because he, yeah, he has to uh, yeah you know grandmaster has to kind of like uh shock him to to actually win the fight really doesn't he because it's like you know he, yeah he does he yeah. does so when you say how's thor beatable well Hulk sort of had the better of him in the first. Uh, sorry, Thor sort of had the better of him in the first Avengers film, and he has here as well. Really, mm. I don't know that it's an outright strength thing, but for whatever reason, Thor normally seems to be able to think his way around the Hulk. Yeah, but never get it, never conclusively, because we never see an outright win for either of them. But Thor was on his way here. Yeah, he was on his way to winning. We think. I always get the impression that like Hulk, uh, Thor can probably. I'll fight him, but it's it 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 he can't he can't really beat the Hulk because how can you knock him out or anything? Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, maybe. I don't know. We don't know where it would have gone, and perhaps if you were a writer of this, you probably wouldn't even know because you don't need to know. It just yeah. needs to be for it to be an injustice. He has to have have the upper hand at the point where he's shocked. Yeah. You have to have this ended some way, and if you think about it, if Thor has his ha- ass handed to him, he's not much of a hero in his own film. Mm. If he knocks out the Hulk, well, this is meant to be the Hulk story as well, because they can't do solo Hulk films, or they've de- they've they've committed to not doing them, so they're trying to tell whole Hulk stories in this as well. You can't have either of them win. So you think, well, how do you finish it? Some sort of skullduggery from the Grand Master. He's not going to knock out his own champion, so yeah. he needs to knock out Thor. For that to come across as an injustice, Thor has to have the upper hand at the point where that happens. Yeah. And as a writer, that's all you need to know. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, if uh, if Thor does end, you know, from the Grandmaster's point of view, if Thor ends up beating um, uh, Hulk, then yeah, that, that'll completely ruin his grand champion thing, wouldn't it? It'd just completely yeah. ruin his. Like, um, yeah. So, yeah, we. we, we it, it kind of like, it goes to black, and we basically have. I can't remember where he comes to. I remember Thor coming to, but I can't remember where he was. I know where it goes next. It goes to him sort of in a kind of an apartment with Hulk. It's a prison, effectively, but yeah. it's at least somewhat comfortable. 
because the first thing we see, well, we see is Hulk's like relaxing in the tub. Yeah, Hulk and hot tub. And Thor clearly sees his dick. <laughs> we see his bum, which, we see which, his bum. which he can't unsee. Because he walks out, he walks over to the window, points, and goes Quinjet, and you just see his ass. And I'm thinking, anyone <laughs> looking at the window at the right place has just seen Thor's dick, uh, old stick. Yeah. <laughs> But of course, Hem- Hemsworth um, just actually just like that's now something I can't see. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, all done really well. Yeah, yeah. So Hela um, anoints Scourge as um, like her new his, her new executioner. She says, "Oh, what?" Yeah, she like, says she she and that it does mean something because she was Odin's. But yeah, it was, it was something like you know, it's, if a bit of. Character especially for Skirt, you know, he, he kind of like, well, sort of, well, what is it you want? You know, and turns kind of, out to be recognition, yeah. really. Which, um, yeah, which is something probably just like mean, really, to mean like I want have value, basically, uh, which we'll probably get to later. But, um, but yeah, but in fact, the entire entire time he's kind of like giving kind of like, do I really have to do this? This kind of guilt kind of look, but um, yeah. So we, where do we go? We go. Do we have? Yeah, we have to meet him with uh, four Valkyrie and Hulk, don't we? Um, doesn't she come round to see them? I can't remember when the different bits of conversation happens with yeah. um, Thor because there's a, there's conversation with Hulk. Hulk puts on a towel, and you get conversation around Hulk like fire. You know, you yeah. melt water. No banners. We we establish there's no banner there. There's a slight playfulness because he talks about being angry all the time. The Hulk. His language skills are a bit further on. I think they'll conclude that arc in Endgame because there's a smartening of the character slightly. Mm. There's still a bit Hulk does this, Hulk does that, but he can actually put together vaguely sentences now. Mm. And there's points where he's playing with a ball and things like that. And when Valkyrie comes in, he's quite playful with her. Yeah. So Hulk is um, kind of enjoying this life. But yeah. obviously, normally when Hulk calms down, he turns back to Banner, and that's not happening here. It's it's kind of... I mean, do you think it's because Hulk's been Hulk for such a long time that he's kind of... Like, the the parallels between him and Banner have kind of, like, almost, like, paralysed, so there's come a bit more of a fluidity in there. So maybe that's kind of where we're going, like, because it's... he's they've, a, There's been a fight for control. Yeah. Um, and by the end, by the time of Infinity War, it's not in Banner's gift to make Hulk happen at all, and it has definitely crystallised them as two different people, which is very much the way it, it's always been in comic continuity. And I, but for all the talk of the other guy and things like that, it's always sort of been felt in reality like Banner is turning into the Hulk, and it's actually almost like Banner's replaced by the Hulk. Mm. They're two, two distinct personalities sharing variants of a body. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I, th- I think, I think Hulk's just got control now. I don't think we're sure at this point why, and why when he calms down he doesn't change and stuff like that. But for whatever reason, Hulk has got control. Maybe, maybe, and this has only just occurred to me, he's assumed control because he doesn't want to go back to Earth. The last thing he saw on Earth was terrified people in Africa when he when he was controlled by Scarlet Witch. Yeah. So he got away from civilization because he was hated by people. 
So it's partly they hate me, and it's secondly I frighten them. If he lets Banner take control, there'll be an effort to get back to Earth. That's yeah. what I think. You're probably I think, right. I and think he's, he's made peace with living there. And he's in, he's in a place where he isn't like hated so much. He's cheered on, and he, he gets to do what he likes, which is just basically just fight people. Yeah, uh, that's my guess. What do yeah. you think, Becca? I think that makes sense, really. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Actually, that kind of that's quite a, a sound summation of it. I think. It's a guess. That's, that, that's the sort of the vibe I got from yeah. it as well, really. No, but you're probably right. There probably has been some thought about where these characters would be, you know, logically. Yeah, where, where they would kind of ultimately end up. So. There's no other reason why he doesn't just change back to Banner when he's done being, like, furious mm. and stuff. Do you know what I mean? He's relaxing and hanging around as the Hulk. For whatever reason, Hulk has managed to, like, get full control of the psyche. Yeah, he's, got, he's, been, he's been like that, what, for, like, two years, is it? That he two says? years, we're told, um, yeah. Well, yeah, so it, it must be... You know, kind of a, a, a relief for him not to have, have this other being kind of keep you know caged up inside him, and he's obviously found it yeah. useful for whatever reason, or just just the easy way out, the easy option. Yeah. Um, to get with Hulk for the best part of two years. Yeah, Valkyrie comes in, and obviously there's a playfulness with Hulk. She's obviously brought several people to fight him and things like that. Get the impression they've trained together and things like that and practiced. Um, yeah, he's playing with a ball and all that sort of thing. He's he's actually. He has a bit of a fight with Thor and things like that, but apart from that, he's he's relatively chilled out. He he does play even plays a joke on Thor, invites him to like leave, and then of course he's he's caught in a door that's a force field. Yeah. So little things like that. He tries to talk to Valkyrie about needing her for Asgard and all the rest of it. It's like that's yeah, the... if we're going to set up a team, do Avengers. It's it it's me, him, and you. <laughs> it's like, and I. Oh goes, no. No, you, it's, uh, nope. it's me and you. <laughs> me and you. Oh. And, and, and he's also, I think I've used it as a gif on our Twitter account tonight. There's a bit where he tries to look relaxed. Where he stood, he stood by like a cabinet or a shelf or something. Yeah. And he tries to like lean on he tries it. Tries to look nonchalant, but doesn't. And he can't do it. And I just think this guy can do everything. How can a man that like ostensibly handsome, but most of the women I work with adore Chris Hemsworth. It's mainly women I work with. Yeah, and uh, he can look that awkward and stuff. It's he's a really gifted physical comedian. That's really great. Yeah, she says you got as long as it takes me to drink this, and it's a big fucking like urn of yeah. something. She drinks it in about two seconds. But that joke is the worst joke in the film because it's so telegraphed. They must convince you to some way though. Yeah, he just bursts out the window in the end, doesn't he? <laughs> oh no, that's the he, throw, he throws the ball. <laughs> he goes like. What? <laughs> He gives he gives some sort of caged. Yeah, and what you just smack back in the face. <laughs> yeah, and then he tries to get up all nonchalant again. Again, all around a bit, you know, to several yeah. beats that are like we build to a comedy bit and another comedy bit. But eventually, he does smash out of the window, heads for the Quinjet. Why does Hulk follow him? I can't remember now. Because he because he's like doesn't want him to go. He's like, right. I yeah. can't remember that. When he gets to the Quinjet. Uh, he manages to un- oh, there's a, there's a, even a joke around him trying to unlock the controls. Yeah, mightiest Avenger. It, this, that, and the other. Access denied till he says point break. <laughs> point break. That was it. Yeah. Damn you, Stark. Um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, he's, um, yeah. Hulk, Hulk comes in and and basically he's, sort of he's smashing the plane up as well, just because of his size. Just, just trying to get just stumbling it. around. Yeah, and he's sort of like saying, "No, you can't leave. You can't leave." And he unlocks a the video from the end of Age of Ultron. Yeah. I don't know if we saw. I don't know if she reshot this because we heard some audio in the film. 
Age of Ultron of her like begging him to come back or where is he and all the rest of it. But this was a sort of director camera hologram. I do wonder if they got her to refilm this. I'm not sure. She looks Age of Ultron era in terms of wig, but obviously it's Black Widow and she's talking to. Could have just and... reused the wig and reshot it. I would have yeah. guessed. But... That's what I. That's my guess too. Could have been an outtake. It could have been a deleted scene where they tried to shoot it head on. Could be anything really. Um, but it triggers his change. He changes back to Banner. Actually smashes the plane up even more mm. doing that because he's trying to fight it. But yeah, he turns back to Banner. We establish it's been two years. He puts on his Duran Duran t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. And very 80s be- be- Yeah, because the film isn't, you know, hasn't been 80s enough so far. So no, and like, the outfit he's got on is quite sparkly as well. It's a very 80s jacket. It's it's not the right colour for, but it's not a million miles away from, like, no. um, Miami Vice and things like that. The only thing missing is he hasn't, like, he hasn't, hasn't, like, sort of rolled up the sleeves of the jacket. That's, yeah, that's all, all we're missing is, like, the Hulk with a mullet. <laughs> uh, it's okay, though. Um, but, yeah, this is the sort of so-called, like, road movie bit of it, I think. The sort of two mismatched people in an unusual place. And, yeah and all that but it's a tiny bit of the film and i think we're probably 50 odd minutes into the film by now um we still haven't got back to the main plot i'm not being critical i've enjoyed all of this but structurally it's it's barely a film in the way we'd understand these films are meant to be like structured yeah this has just been a whole separate bit they've done I quite like it though, because again, Hemsworth, it's just the way he moves. He puts this shawl over his head and holds it like he's a fucking nun or something. <laughs> and she turns up and he's like, It's my disguise, but I can see your face. And he's like, Not if I do this. <laughs> it just pulls a little bit across. And, and like Banner's trying to hide, and it's like, She doesn't know what you look like, mate. <laughs> just relax. It's like, You are in disguise. You're like. <laughs> You but, are the disguise. But, but yeah, but he's like surrounded by, by things that's like does that like stressful. Yeah, he just want to freak out and he's surrounded by like he places. Does, he does flash a bit of green on his skin at one point. Yeah. Where he's like, yeah. And he's walking along, he's going, The sun's going down, big guy, and he's like, you stop saying that. It's constant <laughs> as they're walking along. It's really funny. Yeah, you got like crowds of all like sort of with posters of like the Hulk and the and like models of his face all like cheering along. It must be like you know, in Banner's position, he must be in a really fucking surreal place. Like, like that, That's me, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> and I've got no memory of doing all this fighting. I don't yeah. know this place. I don't know what Thor's doing here. Last thing I was aware of, we were fighting Ultron. <laughs> in a really not very good film. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so the yeah. Grandmaster orders them right, you know, execute yeah. order 66 almost. He sends, um, he sends basically them all after him. Yeah, Loki, uh, yeah, Loki and Valkyrie to, uh, to, to, to go and fight, tw- basically like 24 hours to go and find him. Uh, and then basically... I can do it in 12. I can do it in two. I can yeah. do it in one. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so... Basically, they, Valkyrie and Loki have like Loki find, basically finds out that she is actually a, a Valkyrie, and finds out the, the history. But she, she sees she, the very same. He sees the very same yeah. uh, tattoo. Yeah. And she ends up like tying him up, which we like find out very very shortly. And they actually they she goes she basically finds like Thor and Hulk like that. Oh, Banner! They, yeah, they need to find a, a craft now. So that's part of what they're doing, trying mm. to identify what craft to take and how to take it and all the rest of it. Mm. 
and they plan to sort of basically start a revolution while they as a basic as a distraction so they can get out. So they release they release Korg and all that. Yeah. Uh, which is off ghost. <laughs> yes. Which you find out Loki's all tied up, and yeah, then they have this. So basically, he gets involved in it, and then yeah, they they they, they basically set up um, a plan to escape, and they and they set and they set a revolution, and um... they escape on the Grandmaster's orgy ship. Yes, <laughs> it's pretty much that, isn't it? And, and it's then... literally that. He's like, don't touch anything. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, you have the gag of uh, of the like an old they 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 set it up as like this old game they used to play. Like, oh, oh, should we should we do get help? It's like I don't want to do get help. <laughs> it turns out that basically Loki pretends like he's 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 like injured while he and goes then he's instantly <laughs> chucked at them. That's it. <laughs> and, it, and, it, and, it and it's played later on, like when like towards the end where Hella like turns up and it's like, oh, what should we do? It's like and Loki's like, we're not doing get help. <laughs> <laughs> I think I missed that line second time actually. It, it it's very passively done, but it's quite yeah. Um, so yeah, so but yeah, basically that it it's that, uh, and then Loki, Loki gets well, four basically sort of leads leads Loki because he like you can't trust him, and there the you have a big uh, chase, you have the big uh, spaceship chasing. Yeah, um, I I was start. Trying to think through all that is my third act problem kicking in or not? A little bit. Yeah. Went on a bit. It was all right. The trouble is, I thought I thought a couple of times of Star Trek Into Darkness. That's never a good thing. Mm. But that was just, to be fair, that's just a certain similarity of visuals. It's not the end of the world. Did you like all this, Becca? It's okay. But again, it's it's kind of funny, isn't it? There are kind of lots of funny beats throughout it. Um, and it's just one of those things, isn't it? There's kind of through running through, but it's a little bit. Like a, another kind of setup sketch sort of scene, so so it's kind of like you know getting from one from point A to point B, and it's like mm. yeah, that's all that is. And it, I thought it was a bit of a cheap joke as well. They've got to go through this wormhole, and the only one close enough and powerful enough is like called the, anus. the devil's anus or something. Yeah, I just I thought kind of, that, that really ruined it for me. I mean, it was you know it's it really funny joke, but at the same time, a little bit like scraping the barrel. It's weak. It's a bit weak, I think. As a joke, just really because then you've got to say anus three or four times at portentous moments and hope that's really funny. Mm. Not really. <laughs> I mean, sometimes that kind of humor can be funny, but yeah, not here, sadly. That was one of the rare times that it fell flat for me, unfortunately. Yeah, me too. I thought it was a really weak joke. But anyway, that, that's a, a way to get back to Asgard, basically. Uh, they've got Korg and all that in, in pursuit as well. Not in pursuit, but following on. Mm. Um, yeah, so they get they get back to um, Korg is on a much much bigger craft as well, which we'll see the importance of towards mm. the end of the film because it's very Dunkirk. Then they're all on the bridge trying to sort of the you know the Bifrost the bridge yeah. trying to get onto that craft, and it, it it's got deliberate I think Dunkirk echoes that they've all got to be like evacuated. Yeah, that's true, actually. It's not massively unlike the end of um, Age of Ultron as well, where you've got all the helicarriers there mm. trying to evacuate people. Um, what do we want to say about this then? So it, we, we're at the the section we've got Valkyrie firing her own sort of gun at this big fucking dog bear fucking wolf thing. <laughs> dog bear wolf. What is it? Yeah, it looks more like a dog than anything else, but I would have thought it would be a wolf. Um, that a huge oversized one that's protecting Hela and is about to attack the people escaping with Heimdall mm. on the bridge. 
and he tries to he eventually says you wanted to know who I was because there's a running joke of him and Valkyrie saying we recognise each other don't we um, because she's never met yeah. him in the banner format and he's never met her as banner so he doesn't really know who she is and she certainly doesn't know who he is and of course he jumps out to try and trigger a change a la of the Incredible Hulk uh, and he just lands absolutely smack bang in the middle and again it's that wide shot at distance where the funny beat just happens in the middle of the screen like a little farty thing It's um, it was visually funny although I miss watching him change into the Hulk but there you go well, yeah, we'll probably see that uh, in a few weeks' time or in a, a few episodes' time, shall we say. Maybe. Mm. So, yeah, what what else do we have? We also, Yeah, we have four uh, basically sort of takes on Hela. Yeah, he goes straight for Hela. We, he, it, it's very much said to him, you know, that sort of suicide, she's so strong and all the rest of it. But, yeah, he goes for it. It's like, yeah, what's important is to people. As his dad said, Asgard is a place. It's not the place, it's to people. It's, um, it's not a place, it's a people and all the rest of it. Mm. He communes with his father in the sort of afterlife. Yeah. Uh, visually represented as that field in Norway, but with Celtic music. Um, <laughs> with Braveheart which, playing in the background. Yeah, it was just like, hang on a minute, it's, this sounds like it's Ireland or something. Mm. But anyway, um, that reminded me very much of next week, because obviously the, the afterlife and communing with your forebears is very much a thing in Black Panther. And I think it is literal here. He is talking to Odin. And it gives him the strength. He says, what are you, the god of hammers? Because he has no hammer. He's saying, I'm useless without it. Again, running theme in Marvel last week. I'm nothing without the suit. He's nothing without the hammer. You're not the god of hammers. What are you the god of? And it's like, she's just... Whatever is inside you, you don't need a a special item or a suit to do it. Yeah, I mean, he probably does, but he can still summon lightning. I mean, I I would have thought he would have known that by now, surely. Yeah. Um, It's very typical superhero film writing, though, because she literally says to him, what are you the god of? Yeah. And then it goes to that afterlife thing, repeats her saying that. She's just plucked out his eye, by the way, for anyone trying to follow the um, chronology of this. And he summons lightning and actually evens the fight up a bit. Mm. Um, At the same time, the Hulk is fighting. Though that later on, I'll say, will irritate me because... They they made a decision to for him to like have an eye like aesthetically, and they basically just wreck on that in like this the next whole film. this whole film is undone really fast. It, it really adds to the feel of it being throwaway. I thought they were going to leave him with the one eye, but no, they didn't. They replaced it with him like ten minutes of him arriving in the next film. Really, yeah. In screen time of his of his screen time, not necessarily the film yeah. in general. Because obviously there's a bit of a gap between his first and second appearance, but it's very soon. We have a short scene with him at the start of that film. When it cuts back to him later and he's found by the Guardians, by the end of that scene, or the very start of the next one he's in, he's got another eye from from Rocket. So I, I felt they sort of, I thought they were acknowledging this film is rather throwaway. And given you're not likely to have more Thor solo films anyway, the very fact that Asgard's like been destroyed probably won't matter anyway because there was probably very little chance we were going to go there yeah so I, this film is rather so what as enjoyable as it is yeah I mean that that's kind of like the annoying thing if you're going to make calls like that well have a meme something you know do you know what I mean but anywho so yeah so he gets the, the confidence where he's able to sort of like enhance all these lightning powers 
I find that a cliche in these films, you know, where they where they're doing really badly until they have a you know an internal moment and then suddenly they're awesome. It it, it it's it's almost like that uh, that moment in Back to the Future when like um, uh, George punches Biff. It's just that like that sort of in, you know at, at that first moment you, you find that in the strength to really find your true true hero in yourself and you. It's done better in Back to the Future, though, because he's had years, it is, of it frustration, is. years of frustration building up as much as anything else. It is. But it's that, you know, in that kind of parallel it's thing. It's the same principle. Yeah. It's just not normally done as well as that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And, yeah, so we have basically just action action scenes. We've got, like, Hulk fighting the big dog thing. We had Full action. We have, like, Thor uh, fighting, fighting the... the her undead army. We have Valkyrie yeah. fighting we the undead that, army. We missed that detail actually. The whole point of um, the Eternal Flame and all that can wake the basically the dead, the dead yeah. of Asgard, the dead, the people that used to fight with yeah. her years ago, including that dog thing. So yeah, she's got a whole army fighting for her. Think, um, think Aragorn in Return of the King. I think it is where he just gets yeah. a whole army like in support, like raised for him. Mm. It's a little bit like that. And uh, yeah, so. While yeah, basically while the the people are being sort of evacuated, yeah, evacuated. Yeah, yeah, you got Loki, Loki there, and yeah, basically, basically, you have that, and then um, help then then Hela comes along, and it's like okay, well, what do we need to do? Well, basically, we need to stop her now because if we just go, she'll get more powerful and. You know, we, we, you know, we actually need to make Ragnarok happen, and yeah. it's not about her; it's about Surtur from the first of the, yeah. of the first film. So they they go and get that thing from Surtur's head that they conveniently stored very near the Eternal Flame at the start of the film, put it in the flame, and obviously trigger the Ragnarok event he'd promised at the start mm. of the film. So that 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 very throwaway scene from the start turns out to be key. That's it, really. And of course, he's about to the one last funny, funny beat. He, um, Serta is about to give it fuck and destroy everything, and Hulk decides to like twat him. Yeah, it's a fucking <laughs> great thing, and Hulk jumps right in his face. It's like, no, you idiot. <laughs> yeah, and then like Hulk's just like, oh, but monster. <laughs> but monster. It's like, no, so they leave. So they leave on the yeah. craft. See. And of course, in screen time, in real screen time, minutes later, this is all destroyed. Mm. But um, yeah, it finishes in with it with him sat on like a makeshift throne, a reminder of that idea that Asgard is is a not a people, not mm. a place. It's it's a people, so they're all there. You, you know. got a throwback to the old four score as well, which you haven't heard. Yes, for a while. I, not- I, I did notice that. Yes, Korg um. uh, there as well. He said, "What do you, what do you think? Uh, what do you think, Meek?" And he says, oh, "Meek's dead. I, I accidentally stepped on him. I've been carrying him around all day. It turns out." To be... So that's not breaking, isn't it? You just think, "Oh, really?" Oh, no, he's, you know. he's fine though. He coughs and he's awake. He's alright. You just think, "Oh dear." Yeah. And then he goes, "Earth then," and then end credits. That's it. Mid credit sequence is um, uh, basically they they have him and Lo- I think it's him and Loki are having a chat yeah. and they're just talking about. Uh, you know, they love me on Earth, but they don't love me, do they? And it's like, well, not so much. And then um, I think everything will be fine. And then suddenly you see a big craft right mm. behind them. I mean, huge. That It was implied at the time, and it was quite clear that was probably Thanos. And it indeed, it was. Or yeah. at least Thanos is. Well, it was Thanos, because Thanos was there in that scene at the start of the next film. 
Um, what was the post credit? I can't remember now. Oh, it's um, the Grandmaster like co- like coming out uh, after after the revolutions happened, and he's like yeah. kind of like, oh great, it all went as to my plan. Well, yeah. let's call it a draw. Yeah, it's, it kind of put a spin on it. Yeah, in this kind and of. He's clearly just had a threesome as well. There's been hints at um, there's been hints at like um, that sort of thing, and orgies on his ship, and he's got a couple of what look like identical sisters right behind him. Though. That said, I did. I do like uh, the line early on where, like, is um, is uh, what, what's her face? Uh, the face? The woman who we couldn't remember, uh, Rachel House. Rachel House, yeah. yeah. Uh, she, she was like, sort of, uh, she was talking about the revolution. It's like, oh, the, the slaves form a revolution. Oh, well, I don't like that word. What the S word? Oh, I don't like it. Okay, prisoners with jobs. Yes, I like that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, it, it's better. <laughs> <laughs> Sort of thing, yeah. Very, very Marvel all round. That's not a bad thing. Um, as for final thoughts from from me, um, it, it's good and bad. I mean, it, all of this, all of the things I'm pointing out as faults, probably sort of added to my enjoyment at it of it from scene to scene. It was the probably the broadest Marvel films yet. I mean, when when you think of the most sort of comedic Marvel films, you tend to think of like Guardians or maybe Ant Man. Well. Yes, but Ant-Man doesn't have every single scene and even every single shot in certain sequences of this film uh, built around a a, a joke, often a visual joke. I mean, literally, they are cramming as much humour into this as possible. And when you actually sit and look at the whole film, well, long-time Marvel fans will be really pleased to see, you know, Planet Hulk or at least a flavour of it. But as a story, it just leaves an hour of this film relatively pointless. Uh, if the, if it's Thor Ragnarok, well, the, the wraparound Ragnarok story leads them to not have to do that much at Sakaar, and it it it's not really dragged out. It's just it's just a separate little story told that sort of complements the main one because when he leaves, he needs Hulk and Valkyrie with him anyway, or that at least works if you're going to go and try and defend Asgard to have that skill set with you and you know the Korg and all the rest of it following on. So everything I'm pointing out as a fault is a problem, but it's actually part of the reason this film is so much fun and so enjoyable. Hemsworth's still outstanding. This is much more his film than, you know, certainly the last film and I felt was like Loki's film. This is Chris Hemsworth's film very, very much. Um, I think he's uh, very, very good in it. It's the best of the Thor films by uh, uh, quite a distance for me. I think that does reflect I don't like the first two that much. Um, I like the character well enough. I really like the actor. I think that's clear. Um, really, really enjoyable stuff. But yeah, it was like a Chinese meal. It had gone a couple of hours later. You know what I mean? What about you guys? Becca? No, I had a good time. I mean, this this film was not without its flaws. Um, but no, it's going to the film only very little bare bones. Um, but yeah, I had a really good time with it. Um, again, I, I would agree with, with your um, with your review David is pretty much like a series of skits um, but there's just running through it um, Kate Blanchett is generally the, the best thing in the film um, and uh, yeah I'd agree because he's pretty much solid all the way through um, but yeah it's one of those films that kind of it's you, you take the rough with the smooth um, it's probably like probably 20, 20 minutes or so too um, too much but as I say I had a really good time with it and enjoyed this film and I think for me even though I did like the first Thor film but it's probably the strongest of, 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 the, of the three I can't speak Three Thor films we've had so far. Chris, what do you reckon? Um, 
Yeah, I, I, I think everything's kind of been said. I mean, uh, the film itself is enjoyable. There's no no denying that. Um, it it works really well. I've, I've really enjoyed the character interactions. It's funny. It moves. It moves at a really good pace. But that said, I just there is just no weight to much of anything. And uh, and as we find out, uh, what are the long term consequences? Not a lot, and I just, I, I, I just wish we'd have a better set of films from four. I mean, I do really like the first film. I must admit, uh, second film, I wish could have been better. Um, I think with the first one, though, Chris, without getting into a big critique of it now, yeah, I think that falls into that category of like a personal favorite. Yeah, yeah, definitely. More than anything else, I, I don't think you've ever argued it's a great film. I, but uh, you know, you really, really like the first one. Yeah. Yeah. There are things in it that I really like, and I think it could have, it could have, it, it gone from further from that. Uh, here, fa- here kind of feels a little bit more like of a reboot and a reimagining. And I think if you could, you could have finished the trilogy and then done this. Do you know what I mean? You, you know, you could have like, all right, well, let's have a like a uh, fallen Hulk movie, and let, and we can just it can be irrelevant, you know, because why not? This uh, is just a, this is a team up of types. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, but. There you are, but then again, we have to get to uh, Avengers Infinity Four and Endgame, so you know we have to start wrapping things up, people. And what we have is a very entertaining film um, with with a great cast doing really well, and actually, you know, you know what, uh, and a good villain. I think we had, you know, I think you know, Blanchett doesn't get much to do. But what she she does... doesn't get anywhere near enough. I did think of Scaramanga at least twice watching this, where I thought my perception of how much she was in this is that it was more than it actually is. And mm. that's always the same with The Man with the Golden Gun, which actually is a backhanded compliment to them. They've yeah. made more of an impression on you. They've made an imp- impression on you disproportionate to their screen time. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's still better than Balakith last time around, so... Christ, yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm better than fucking Metal Mickey in the first one. Yeah, Metal Metal Mickey. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. wasn't literally Google. Metal Mickey to be fair. Fans of seven LWT or whatever it was. The Destroyer. Yeah, um, I I think it's got a scale lacking in either of the other two films, but it's got none of the weight. Yeah, that they at least tried to put into the first one that whole thing of like monarchy and bloodline and all of that has gone here for a selection of skits and i don't know that that's a criticism but it's certainly an observation yeah and i wouldn't want every film in the marvel cinematic universe to be like this it's actually it's almost like if if you had to sit and negatively paint the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you'd come up with the description of this, really. You'd say, well, it's a fi- it's reasonably formulaic, it's all a bit throwaway, and it's constantly reaching for jokes. Well, I don't think that does the film justice at all, but it would be the way you'd go about critiquing this. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, it, 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 it is a difficult film to sum up, because it is... It is entertaining, and it is... It's really good. Yeah. That's the thing yeah, it's for entertaining, all of that. It's entertaining, as you really say. Good. But I, I, guess, I guess, I suppose, it's similar... I mean, I, I, I've used this term for uh, Fast and Furious. It's like, it's like fast food. It's like you really enjoy it, 
but it's uh, gone immediately. Yeah, yeah. you re- you really enjoy it while while you're having it, and sometimes if you're in the right mood, it can be amazing. Um, but I think that's why does... I meant by Chinese. But yeah. yeah. But yeah, I think whatever you know, whatever you associate, what you know, yeah. th- that kind of thing. It's like if you're in the right frame of mind, it could be the best thing in the world ever. Uh, it's always enjoyable. You know, you can't really argue too much against it. But you know what? It, it, you'd probably you're probably better off eating something something more fulfilling. <laughs> it's been a very different review. But I was trying to think what what was the other film I did this to where I all the way through I was going don't like that, not sure about this bit. That bit's not very good. That's really poor. And at the end, I went, but I really like it. Yeah. Um, it's not been that bad a review because I've actually been praising it all the way through. Whereas the filming question I'm about to name, I did go all the way through going, that's not very good. And that bit's not very good. And as we got to the end, I was thinking that was an enjoyable, ingenious film that most people enjoy. And I need to reflect that because I like it. Uh, Back to the Future 2 was very like that as a review. Um, I, I don't want to rate it relative to that film, but it, it's like that in that, like, I pick tons of fault with this, but it's from scene to scene, it's as in, it, almost as enjoyable as anything of Marvel have done. Mm. It really is a ton of fun, and it's got, after probably Downey, their most charismatic leading man, after Downey. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Because whether... A Hemsworth could have carried the weight of an entire universe, which Iron Man had to for a while until all of the rest of the characters sort of bedded in. I don't know. But yeah, they're, they're, yeah, so I think that's it. For me, I would feel more comfortable commenting so definitively if I wasn't so clued up. So clued up, lacking in any knowledge on the bloody thing, to be honest. I feel, I feel like I've cheated our listeners, Chris. I've sat here and talked like with authority, and I don't have any. It's funny you should say that because I don't feel like we've been fun enough. Is there a way, do you think, where we can take that lack of fun from the episode in general, take this need for factage to kind of improve my knowledge and the authority with which you and I are commenting, and combine them into a specialist segment? So you're saying some facts that are fun in some regard? Fun facts would be possibly a good name for such a segment. Well, you're in luck, because I do have some fun facts. Well, that was fucking handy. (laughs) (laughs) So my fun fact number one is a really cool fact, I think. Um, So among other places, this film was made at Intel Studios, which has the largest volumetric space, um, 360-degree filming in the world with 100 plus cameras filming all the time so that's 10 petabytes petabytes um which is like one quadrillion bytes basically 133 years worth of high definition video i think that's really cool i had no idea don't know what they used it for though i can't imagine they've used that many cameras going all the time for this every no but they they do have that facility which does sound it does sound like sort of avatar mocap territory but Yeah, yeah definitely so i think that's my really cool fun fact um which i actually gleaned from BBC, flab- BBC flagship technology program. Yeah, so program. listeners, if you weren't sure which of the facts you enjoyed at the end of this, that was the one, all right? <laughs> I just think, from from technical point of view, I thought, oh, that's, pre- that's pretty impressive. Um, but then I'm easily impressed, as you will know. Um, so fun fact number two, um, this film is a film of, of many firsts. Um, obviously, Hella is like one of the first 
major female um, villains in the Marvel MCU. Um, and obviously 2017 was the first time that Marvel released three of its movies this year, um, in 2017. Um, and yeah. this also marks the first time that the Hulk wasn't voiced by Lou Ferrino. They changed the voice for this, I didn't know In the that. Hulk movie, yeah. where he had um, Mark Ruffalo doing his voice. Oh, Mark Ruffalo does his own voice. Yeah, and in, in all, all, all Hulk movies that we've seen so that far. Makes sense. There was a bit where Hulk says something, and yeah. he goes to, and he goes to turn, and the Hulk half smiles as he before he turns away, mm-hmm. and it's Mark Ruffalo's smile. You think, Christ, yep. the standard of mocap's amazing now. It's incredible, isn't it? This is probably mm-hmm. the best mocap I've seen since. Yeah, the what? There was one shot where I thought that, that, that's Mark Ruffalo. I can see it. You can actually, you can see his face. Mm. Obviously, you can see his face, but you can I mean, the, see... is, is the face is designed very much on the Hulk anyway, so he's yeah. always looked like a hulked out Mark Ruffalo. Mm-hmm. But there are little distinctive stuff in expressions in those pulls now where I think that's Mark Ruffalo. Yep. I can see it, yeah. Um, so that was kind of fun fact two and three rolled into one. Cool. Um, fun fact number four this is one of those that guy was in another film type of fun facts which I think are quite interesting. So four of the of the um, main male cast members have been in the Star Trek movies. Obviously, Carl Urban was Bones. Um, yep. Hemsworth has played George Kirk in Star Trek, the 2009 movie. Um, Benedict Cumberbatch was with Khan, spoiler alert, in um, Into Darkness. And Edith Albert was, of course, Crow, the villain in Star Trek Beyond. And obviously, um, I was also reading that Clancy Brown um, has also appeared in an episode of Enterprise, like very early on, season one in 2001. Okay. I, I will have seen that episode because I've seen them all, but I can't. I'm sure you would have done. Readily. I can't readily remember it. No, apparently but, yeah. it, was in, it was in the first series, which I don't recall, unfortunately. I think I dropped away at that point. Um, but yeah, no, I love those kind of facts where it's like, oh, he was in so and so, and they've all been in the same film, or or they. they you do get scene, that. Suddenly, you know, or... four or five of them have been in the same thing, or at least on the same set, but at different times. Yeah, they, they, they've all kind of been yeah. along the same strand at different times, which I think is pretty cool. I mean, it's it's a small world. And my final fun fact, which I think is very lovely, um, that oh, he's a friend from work, was suggested by um, a young child visiting the set. It's from the Make-A-Wish programme, which I think is just like, oh. oh. So, so some kid with cancer got to get a line in the film. That's super. Yeah. No, I, I, yeah. Just, I think that's really lovely. You know, it's just kind of something that was suggested. It happened organically, and it's like, it was a major point in the trailer. Um, and, and got a, you know, got a big And it's laugh, one of so. the memorable lines in the film. Yeah, I just think that's lovely. I mean, so that's that just kid things... came out with a good line. I hope, I hope that kid made. Yeah. You never know what make a wish because they survive. Frequently, they are um, terminally ill, of course. No, they do really important work. Really important work. But yes, I think that's a, that's a really that's a really lovely thing. It's like, oh, that's so nice. I have a bonus bo- uh, fun fact. Oh, any any fruity corners? No fruity corners. No, I didn't spot oh. any fruit. Um, so, hang on. I am disappointed. I was eating some grapes. Oh yeah, yeah, true. I, I was about to say I did spot a, a a couple of bunch of apples. You know, nice green apples and the Hulk's ass. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> uh, I actually like them apples. Um, but yeah, no. In With Mr. In, Zucchini, that was the other side. In in in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in Norse mythology. Um, Hela or Hel is actually uh, the daughter of Loki. What? Yeah. So, yeah. Chuck Horror. That's it's all been bent around. Yeah. So uh, well, obviously, obviously yeah. So basically, this film's like. Yeah, of bear in mind, this now. is not North mythology. They've <laughs> just taken some of the names into the Marvel universe. It's not I know. Exactly the same. I know. But in classical things, he shags his mum. Yeah. It's not that. No. 
But yeah, and and held is like in terms it's term of hell for the Anglo Saxon reference to hell. Uh, is yeah. As in hell rune, yeah, the sorceress necromancer, which is where hell or hell is. I mean, is you know, he's produced, he's he's produced the god of. Uh, I mean, you think of like Odin, he's produced the god of death or the goddess of death, and then he follows that up with the god of thunder. Then he adopts the god of mischief. You think his kids have been quite successful? <laughs> you know, I bet in this. That that's school... that, that's good parenting, that isn't it? <laughs> yeah, good, good school reports, I imagine. <laughs> Good performance from young Hella this year. She's made most of the teachers seventeen percent kinkier. <laughs> <laughs> they most of the stuff dead. Oh. All right, folks. Social media. Uh, you can find me at Cinema Shots uh, on Twitter. You can also uh, follow the podcast with the update with the uh, not updates. You can find all the old shows if they're missing on iTunes. Which um, we will figure out at some point. What, yeah, well, I'll, I'll I'll bother to send an email at some point, and <laughs> and I um, yeah, you can find all the old episodes on cinematrucks.co.uk. You can find me at the Pasty Kid nineteen seventy six on Twitter, and you can find us on Twitter at expect us to talk. You can also find us on Facebook expect us to talk. You can drop us an email expect us to talk at gmail.com. You can also find us across all the lovely pod sickle sites, um, obviously iTunes. Type in, do you expect us to talk? If you've listened to us before and you like what you hear, please give us a glowing five-star review. It helps us to rank higher in the search and attract amazing listeners. Um, also find us on Podbean. We are yeah, I don't want there. average listeners. No, don't want average. You want amazing. Thank you very much. But no, you are all lovely, regardless of who you are. iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean. YouTube, or camera if you said YouTube. YouTube. Yeah. Yeah, but there, there are a lot of places where we are not, unfortunately. We, we don't do Pinterest. We don't do... Well, we don't do anything that's really not the show, except on social media, which we have to use to promote the show, i.e. Facebook, here is where here is a link to our new show, yeah. and so on. Um, we will talk to you if you talk to us. We do have emails, and we will respond to them. Um, but at the same time, we aren't on any... We aren't on any social media platform which isn't about promoting episodes of the show, really. No, basically we do live on Facebook and Twitter. We're not on like Pinterest or Snapchat or any of that shit. Um, but yeah, basically... Not, iTunes, not on Instagram. YouTube. It's, no, we're not on the Instagram. Fortunately not. Nobody wants to see our faces. It's fine. But no, yeah, do yeah do get in touch with us via email or um, Twitter or Facebook. We'll happily chat with you. We do have quite a good dialogue with um, most of all, all of our fans. I'm quite yep. happy to chat to you about movies, and if there's any film series that we haven't done that you would like to see us do on the show, please do get in touch. Because that will give you the illusion of having your say. <laughs> we'll add it to the ever-growing list. And no, we'll probably do we'll, it we'll do whatever we want anyway, but there's a chance that like, if you name a fairly popular one, we'll do it at some point, and you can believe it. Well, if there's an anniversary a... coming up, oh, X-Film has an anniversary, and we're yeah. like, oh, okay. They were always, and we'll I see mean, if we, we can squeeze it in. We, the, the whole sort of... Um, what's it called Chris Patreon thing we didn't really sort of pursue particularly hard no but you can request something from us and for a fee if you wanted but as opposed to any sort of series yeah get into a dialogue with us and stuff we also do we have done charity podcasts in the past yeah Yeah, Police Academy was quite good yeah if there's something outside of a series that we're likely to do for example well Police Academy is in a series but we're not going to sit and do seven films that are virtually identical so that was always going to be like a commentary or something like that we don't we do Christmas commentaries every year we did a commentary on coming to America uh, a while ago both of those were for charity we did a Patreon one it wasn't actually through Patreon in the end but we did we did a sort of 
subscri- a subscriber donation one, effectively, for the Brandon Lee film The Crow. So we're always open to talking about things, but what we won't do is take money from you to do something we were going to do anyway. So if you come to us and say, do the Fast and Furious films, and here's an offer of some money, well, we will be honest and say, don't worry, Fast and Furious is on the list. You might just have to wait a little while. But what you won't have to wait very long for is next week's film. As we break new ground in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, head to a new continent, which means Becca. Wakanda forever. You expect to talk or return with Black Panther?